Old School Lame Casual Chats is brought to you by Old School Lame, producing various content from blogs, videos, and podcasts discussing about movies, TV shows, video games, and everything else in between since 2011. You can check out the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and YouTube. We're associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Aaron Metta Show. Five o'clock, get a call, tickle blading at the skate park down by the mall. But my mom says I gotta prevent hostile aliens from annihilating the wall. With the strength of a million and seventy men, I guess I really shouldn't complain. Still, I wish I could go for a walk without rusting in the rain. It's enough to fill my brain. Welcome to my life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Casual Chats. I am Patricia, and I am here with a slew of very special guests talking about My Life as a Teenage Robot, a 2003 Nickelodeon show. I'm here with uh, a group of people who are just as huge fans of My Life as a Teenage Robot. Some of most of them actually are even part of the um, My Life as a Teenage Robot fan project. So uh, for all of you who are here, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'll break. I'll break the ice. I'm Nathan Altenburn. I'm um, the show, quote unquote, showrunner, director of Rebooted. Um, I animator. I'm yeah, the main main guy in charge. All right. Animator, everything basically. The the brainiac, all round cool guy. The person, the person, everyone, the the person that drives everyone crazy. Yep. Um, uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, my name is Marcus Ramirez. I am the lead writer and also I help out a bit with the storyboards for the project overall. So a lot of the script writing that kind of gets flowed through us and we kind of figure it out as we go along to really tell the story that Nathan has wanted to tell and also to really bring it to kind of uh, the old into the new in a way that would be really accessible for everybody. All right, and who else wants to introduce themselves? Um, I'll go next. Uh, hi, my name is James Delaney. Uh, I'm a 3D animator in uh, Sydney. Uh, so that makes for some interesting uh, time zone uh, meetups for us. Um, I have been in the industry, well, I've just started actually. And I, I love 3D animation and I love uh, being able to use it to help the project out with whatever little bits of 3D they need. All right. Anybody else? All right, I'll go next. Um, I'm Eric Peters. I've been with the project for about six and a half years. I've done a little bit of everything from scripts to concept art, a little bit of animation, but I'm mainly a music composer slash voice actor. I play a bunch of instruments, including acoustic guitar, electric guitar, electric bass, a little bit of banjo, ukulele, and harmonica. And uh, I'm also the voice of Brad. Awesome. For the rebooted series. Who else? Yep. Uh, oh, uh, who else? Um, I... uh, Letta and Sludge from the Biker Gang. And uh, and a bu- and some other new villains that we haven't revealed yet, I don't think. Oh, well, that sounds very <laughs> exciting. Uh, Miguel, why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, bring your introduction oh, sorry, sorry. in? Sorry, sorry. Uh, hello everybody, I am Miguel Angel Calvo. I am a 2G animator from Bolivia. 
and I really love the show. And when I meet the, the, the team to make the reboot, I decide to to do my best to to make this uh, reality uh, reality in the future. All right, awesome. Anybody else want to introduce themselves? Um, Hi, I my name. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're you're you go right on ahead. You go right on ahead. It's all good. My name is Nico Nico Tunes. Um, I am the character designer, concept artist on Rebooted. I've also did a shot in the Reanimated Project, which is by the time this comes out i think it's gonna be out already i'm not entirely sure but i'm also working on a comic for the 20th anniversary and right now i've as of this recording i've already uploaded about eight pages online on twitter dvnr tumblr and newgrounds all right and sebastian go ahead hello there um i am sebastian brown um, I am a music composer primarily for the Rebooted team. Um, I am very lenient towards the cinematic orchestral style, so like John Powell, Hans Zimmer, uh, that kind of uh, cool stuff. So you're going to get some really heavy emotional tracks up in this reboot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also I also do um, some animatic and animation stuff and... Uh, more recently, some some character concept and design. I helped with uh, one of our our newest uh, villain, uh, Zuhanara, mm -hmm. uh, and that was it's a very I, I, I absolutely love how she how she came out and what she represents. Awesome. Uh, who else wants to introduce themselves? I suppose I'll bite the bullet and go next. Uh, my name is Jack Hubert. I uh, I'm not involved with this rebooted project. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I, I opened a, <laughs> opened a box yeah, of me tricks. Neither. I opened a box of tricks and had this uh, Zoom invite. So uh, here I am. I'm just some <laughs> random person. Well, that's uh, it. Won't be the first time because I actually did a Angry Beavers 25th anniversary virtual reunion live stream. And uh, one of the special guests that I had on the show actually brought the Zoom link to somebody who was not related to Angry Beavers at all. And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, do you work on the show? It's like, oh, uh, no, no, this is actually my cousin. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. Nice. <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, right. but in all seriousness, uh, I, uh, I run a... Um, I run another Teenage Robot YouTube channel called the My Life's Teenage Robot fan base. And uh, uh, alongside Nathan here, uh, we, we run the uh, Teenage Robot community. Okay. And uh, we just had a new guest uh, just coming on into the call not too long ago. So you're our last person. Uh, so please introduce yourself. Hello. Can you hear me well? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, okay, great. Um, my name is Monica. I am an artist on Rebooted, and uh, it, is, it is a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited right now, and I apologize for being a little late. It's all right. You're, you're perfectly fine. So everybody, welcome. So I, I really do appreciate you guys coming on to the show. And 
not only expressing your love and memories and appreciation for my life as a teenage robot, but for also sharing some inside stories about your upcoming projects. So why don't we get into it, shall we? So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about my life as a teenage robot. Show that premiered in two thousand three about a a young teenage robot known as XJ Nine or Jenny, who was created by uh, Doctor Wakeman. And in her small little town, she basically just saves the world from a whole bunch of things. Well, at the same time, having to have the difficulties of growing up as a teenager and having a whole bunch of high school issues, crushes, puberty, and all that good stuff. So yeah, right before we uh, dive deeper into the show, I'd like to know from all of you, how did you first get introduced to my life as a teenage robot? Well, that is a, <laughs> that's going back. Yes, 20 years, I, actually. 20 I, years. Um, my earliest, honestly, my earliest memory of Teenage Robot is um, I, I already remember being a fan of it and um, as it was airing. And the earliest memory that I can think of is there was a, uh, a Halloween day, night where I was dressed up, as, I was going as Darth Vader and I almost stopped, I almost canceled trick-or-treating entirely because they either either it was a rerun or the straight up premiere of that of the 40 minute special escape from cluster prime and i almost just like stopped halloween entirely just just to watch that um luckily we had tivo so or tivo so just recorded it but that's my earliest memory of teenage robot honestly i it, um it, it's i goes so far back that i can't remember the first time i started watching it <laughs> Yeah, um, that sounds like a, it's kind of interesting that you kind of like got introduced to the show when it was more or less towards the end of the series. Oh, I don't know. Like, that's my, I don't know if that was the, like, that's when I was introduced for it. I, I think that's just my earliest memory of it. I remember already being a fan. Like, gotcha. um, like that's why I wanted to like stop going trick or treating. Like, oh, it's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I think to me, when I first started watching Teenage Robot, it was way after the show just ended. And I really, you know, before there was Paramount Plus and Amazon and everything like that, the only way you can find the episodes to watch is through YouTube at the time. And I think soon afterwards, I've learned about the rebooted uh, project. And then I started in September of 2014 for the rebooted project. But when I first saw it, it was like, how the heck did I not even see this when I was like about four years old? Like I never see, maybe I've seen little bits and pieces of it maybe not but it's like i don't know but i instantly became a big fan of the show as soon as i watched the few episodes that were on youtube that i think the very first was agent sheldon on youtube i i i, I don't know it's been a while but i've since i've become a huge fan of the show and I really want to thank Rob Renzati for creating the show because it, it, and yeah, just like something big and ambitious as the series has 
really gotten me into getting better with my art. So that's my backstory on how I first came to see the show. That's great, especially since mm. I think that it would have been over a decade since the show ended and where you got introduced to it. I've said this many times on my podcast in the past that if you missed out on a show, I believe it doesn't really matter when you get into it. I mean, some, I mean, sure. Like when you first get into a show that's brand new, it becomes really exciting. You get to talk about something like this with your classmates or whoever's watching it, but yeah, like the 2015 Muppet series or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's always good to have a show that you get to see for the first time and appreciate it and getting to see its entirety and then getting to have a huge scope on what it's about. And it's kind of like discovering something new, even though that it came out a while ago and you get to be able to, I mean, like you have here with your, <laughs> with your group of friends and your colleagues that you're able to just talk about something and be involved in this cool project that, uh, would have um, not been possible had, uh, you know, you didn't even get a chance to see it in the first place. And I think yeah. that's um, uh, a really, a really fantastic point because um, my first experience with uh, Teenage Robot uh, was actually the fact that I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of cartoons. I wasn't allowed to watch Fairly Odd Parents, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> with how how it's uh become recently i i mean i don't feel like i'm missing out on much anymore um well i mean it's they're, they they at rap production <laughs> it's not, it's not um, not so teenage robot was one of the shows that i was permitted to watch um and it was and still is my favorite nickelodeon show um just seeing, just seeing, uh, and and yeah, that that's like competing with like SpongeBob and you know all the rest of these classic, uh, classic cartoons. Um, but seeing, uh, seeing XJ9 Jenny um, on on the TV, I mean, it it comforted me. It was it was a really just a, a delightful experience watching the show, and it just and now being part of this team, uh, it's. It, it seriously just changed my entire course of life and I never would have anticipated that such a meaningful show uh, can have that kind of effect on on someone. That's fantastic. I'm really glad to hear that. It's very akin to when I started being a part of the um, small fan base of As Told by Ginger when I first started producing some of my content in 2015. And I was just getting into like people saying, oh, you know, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. I really appreciate you coming forward and being able to share your experiences with it. And then as time went on, um, you know, being similar to you guys, you know, talking to the people behind the show and then eventually talking to other people who were huge fans of it. And we did a whole bunch of like meetups and live streams and podcasts together. So, yeah, I, I kind of have a um, similar experience to yours where um, hadn't it not been for this one show, I probably wouldn't have met any of the people or been a part of any of the stuff that um, I've been thankful enough to be a part of. And that it, what means a lot to me. Yeah. Anybody else want to share? 
Um, for me, uh, I uh, got into the show way after it finished. It was like um, 2017. Uh, mm -hmm. So at that point, uh, the show had come and gone, and um, I heard about it on like the wind, the wavelengths. Um, but I didn't want to watch it as a kid. Uh, I thought it would be too girly. Uh, how wrong I was. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, how, how could it, how could a, uh, a show like that possibly be for, like, me, uh, a self-realized masculine man of eight years old? Sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that. I, I don't know why I thought, uh, thought this. Um, I, I guess it's... Uh, I guess I, I just did. But um, eventually I watched it uh, when I was in university. And when I did, I was like, oh, this is, this is amazing. I love the art style. I love how they change colors and stuff like that. I love the girl power. I love it all. Uh, and uh, I fell in love with the show uh, through way after all that had happened. Um, so uh, and that, that was pretty much it. Uh, I think it's the only Nickelodeon show that I've like watched completely. So, oh, wow. Really? I think so. Yeah, I've I've seen uh, smatterings of things here and there, Rocco's Modern Life and mm -hmm. um, SpongeBob and stuff like that. And they're all great shows, but this one was one that actually like caught my attention. I was like, oh, okay, gotcha. I'm gonna watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Anybody else? Um, I I actually have a very similar story to James. Uh, I'm one of the youngest people here out of this entire group right now. So I actually like didn't get to view Teenage Robot in its heyday from like 2002 to like 2006, right? I was too busy like watching like Mighty Magisword or something. I don't I don't know. Um, but uh, like um, the the first like instance that I actually got uh, or found out what Teenage Robot was was wasn't even from the show. It was from a uh, an old copy for a Wii that I had of uh, Nicktoons Attack of the Toy Bots, ah. and she was one of the secret unlockable mm. characters. And I was like, who is this? Why have I never seen this character? And there I am on Nicktoons watching like Planet Sheen. <laughs> and anytime like I saw like Teenage Robot, I'd be like, eh, let me go to Cartoon Network. Let's see what they have. But um, <laughs> like fairly recently, right? Like I actually did uh, get the chance to really sit down. Um, I think like about like same time, like 2018, 2017 to watch like the show. And like, I, I was really like caught by the art style and also just uh, the writing by like how clever and like honestly funny it was without even trying, which is something that's really hard to find in like an animated show where it's like, you know, yeah, we're going to try and be funny, but it just was very natural. Everything felt very like dynamic. All the characters had really good like chemistry with each other. And that's something that's very hard to find. And like, as soon as I noticed that, I was like, oh my, like, this is great. Why, why, why was I watching Planet Sheen? Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, just stuff like that. And then it like, you know, later on, uh, I ended up finding about, out, out about this project by one of my friends who's actually a, an animator on this as well. And they were just like, hey, they're looking for screenwriters. And I was like, oh, hey, I know how to do that. Let me <laughs> let me send an email in. Three months later, because uh, Nathan doesn't check his emails. <laughs> uh, hey, he's very busy. He, he is. He is. He is. Um, he's a very busy bloke. Uh, but three months later, I, I got a, a DM over Discord. It was just like, hey, would you like to join the rebooted uh, project? And it was this big document <laughs> where it was like intimidating. And then as soon as I joined, I was like, oh, my God, this is like home pretty much. Like everybody's they love doing what they're doing here. And it's like it's really inspiring to just see as somebody who's like, you know, I'm on the outskirts of it. I'm not like the crazy animator people who do cleanup and compositing and anything like that. But it's, it really is just amazing to see all these talented people get to work and do something that they love. 
Yeah, that's fantastic, mm -hmm. especially since I'm sure that um, being a part of this project, you get to like be fully yourself. You get to be able to mm -hmm. show off your skills and being able to uh, you know talk about things that you guys enjoy. And I think that having this community is a great thing because you can be able to not only just work, but also to have fun with each other, to mingle, to um, at the same time create so that you can be able to put together a passion project that you all enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I don't think anybody on the project just does one thing. Like, everybody has, like, at least two or three bits that they contribute to the entire thing. And it's like, you know, everybody's trying and they want to push to make the best possible product that they can for people to really enjoy. All right. Anybody else want to share? All right. I'll, I'll share real quick. Uh, I'm one of the older people in the group and my experience with Teenage Robot goes all the way back to 1999. I vaguely remember seeing the pilot on Oh Yeah Cartoons when I was like four. And then uh, uh, when it got picked up as a series in 2003, I was watching it like all the way through 2004. It was a. Uh, it was my favorite show at the time. I was really drawn to the uh, to the art style, and then, like over a decade later, in 2015, when I started getting into animation as like a hobby, I like stumbled upon the show again, and I think it was on Hulu at the time, and I just got hit with this blast of nostalgia, and I, I ended up watching through the the whole series again, and. Uh, yeah, and then I joined this project. Awesome. And uh, anybody else? Uh, I want to share. Well, uh, for me, uh, the show was something I grew up with. And while I didn't have cable, cable or any way to watch the show continuously, but the character didn't leave my head. I think the scene was so iconic. And I used to draw here in my notebook very often. I could, uh, I could say I didn't know much about Jenny, but I really liked the, what, what, uh, what, I say, what I see in the cartoon. Well, after, after that, I, I decided <coughs> to look for the episodes. Um, it's a show I, I treasure with me because it was like discovering my news of the time. Yeah, it was very, very personal for me, something I, I really appreciate. Now, I'm actually curious, especially since you are from Bolivia, did you watch the English or Spanish version of Teenage Robot? Uh, both versions. I, I used to, to watch in, in Spanish, but I really don't like the voice of Jenny in Spanish. It's, it's, it's something weird because when I, he, I hear her in English, I, I, I said, why? Wait a second, this is, this is no comparison. Okay, I, I just thought that that was really interesting because I'm sure that there's, I always um, thought that, you know, the, the interpretations of the characters would be different uh, depending on what language it is. But okay, that's actually pretty interesting. All right, so yeah, if anybody else want to share their story, go for it. Uh, I, I suppose I, I may be the last one. No, um, uh, Monica's still here. Yeah, Monica still hasn't <laughs> gone yet. Yeah, sorry, Monica, for uh, stealing your uh, spotlight there. Um, I uh, I grew up in uh, rural Canada, so I also didn't have access to uh, straightforward Nickelodeon. 
Uh, the rights to Teenage Robot and the rest of uh, the Nicktoons go to this company called Nelvana, and they broadcast it through YTV. So uh, 2005, 2006 or so, it uh, aired like uh, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, um, like later than I'd normally uh, be up, like watching cartoons, you know. So I, uh, I I turned it on, and I, I guess that just stuck with me over the years. And uh, late 2015, I was looking for Nicktoons to watch. I found uh, Teenage Robot, and uh, I uh, I've been talking about it ever since at nauseum. <laughs> so yeah, here we are. <laughs> All right, and Monica, you can go next. Um, I was actually 10 years old. Um, when I first saw the show. So. And it was airing pretty late, so, and me and my brother, like, watched it together every night, and that was, like, that's a really, like, dear memories to me of just, like, bonding with my brother over, like, this, this show that we loved, and you already know how siblings are, you're pushing, you're shoving, but, like, when we heard the theme song coming on in the living room, it was just, we were just like we we were so happy to like be watching this that like we didn't even think to like fight each other to shove each other because we were just so into it every night and that's just like again it's like it's very dear to me but um a few years later i decided to start re-watching some older shows i remembered and um, since I am Canadian, uh, I actually can watch all of the episodes on YouTube. All right. Well, that sounds great. I mean, you're actually one of the lucky ones because the only way we could see it is on Paramount Plus and on, I think Amazon Prime also has it. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that you do get to see it on YouTube, but I think you have to pay for it. So, I mean, that's, that's good on you, Monica, that you're able to have ease of access of that. So yeah, cool. as for, as for me, um, yeah, oh yeah, cartoons when it first premiered, the my neighbor is a teenage robot. I remember I must have been like around thirteen when it aired, and I think that I was really intrigued with it because the art style was so completely different from what I've seen with all of the other oh yeah cartoon shorts. Where you can definitely tell that a lot of them were done more or less, um, kind of like similar to. Um, a lot of other stuff that I've already seen before. Like a lot of the stuff, if you were to watch Oh Yeah Cartoons, a lot of it was either done by um, both Butch Hartman and or Seth MacFarlane because they worked together mm -hmm. at the time doing Johnny Bravo. And I know that um, there's some other ones, but those are the ones that had like a distinct style that I can easily recognize. And then when I saw the name Rob Renzetti, I was like, that name sounds very familiar. And then I would find out in a, uh, I think in a later episode, or maybe it was an earlier episode of Oya Cartoons, that it was the same guy who did Mina and the Counts, which I absolutely loved watching back when it aired on Oya, uh, you know, what a cartoon on Cartoon Network. And then I was like, okay, so this is the same guy who did that. And I really like his stuff because I really love Mina and the Count. And then I was really happy to see that there was more of Mina and the Count on Nickelodeon. And I was thinking maybe that'll turn into a show, but um, you know, it never did, but Teenage Robot did. And I was like, you know, I want to see more of what this show has to offer. So yeah, 2003, I was still in college. I think this was like one of the very few Nickelodeon shows I was tuning into because I was slowly... Uh, fading away from it because you know I was already getting at the point where I thought I was too old to be tuning in and so it was that and as told by Ginger and some other shows on like Teen Nick that I was tuning into 
And I just thought it was like really fascinating how he was able to take that unique retro style and this um, interesting art deco mixed with like Japanese uh, monsters and robots and put it together into this really interesting hodgepodge of a show that was like really unique at the time especially since you know spongebob and fairly odd parents were like really really popular so it definitely was something that definitely stood out amongst the crowd so yeah that's uh goes into our introduction so we're about 30 minutes in so i know that it's gonna (laughs) this is gonna take a while so everybody grab a drink grab a snack Sit tight. We're in for the long haul. All right. So let's uh, go into some of the stuff with my life as a teenage robot. So like I always do, if you guys have tuned into my podcast, I always like to talk about characters, episodes, uh, scenarios, moments, (laughs) anything that, that is your favorite. So I like to ask for all of you. Um, you know, not name your favorite character or your favorite characters, favorite episode or favorite episodes or favorite moments. So, yeah, why don't you guys um, get started? Oh, floor is open. I vote. Uh, Nathan goes first. Yep. Oh yeah, go I, on. I, don't even know, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start with that. It was like favorite, favorite character, favorite episode, favorite. Oh my god. Um, I guess rapid fire. Um, my favorite episode yeah. by far. I mean, I, I mentioned it before. Escape from Cluster Prime. Love that episode. Run Not an close... episode. It's a movie. Yeah, no, it's, it's basically um, <laughs> close runner-up is Victim of Fashion because I love the art and how everything went. Mm. Um, mm. But um, and how they, how out there they went with all the character designs and the outfit designs and whatnot. Um, I mean, easy answer for favorite character is Jenny. So I guess to go with a heart yeah. with a more with a more. Um, uh, a more nuanced answer. I have a, I have a, um, well, Kilgore is always a fun one, and then Vexus <laughs> always like always. It's always going to be a fun party when Vexus has arrived. Um, how deliciously evil she is, and everything like that. Um, and I'm sorry. What there? What was the other favorites that you Mo- moments? Know? Oh, moments. Um. Oh man, I keep going back to Escaping Cluster Prime. I one of the reasons why it was one of my favorite uh episodes. Um uh was the the big climatic confrontation with um jenny and vexus atop the skyscraper in cluster prime um the music was on point the the act i um i mean it was mostly action based so there wasn't a lot of dialogue but from what it was it was like it, it um young me was super engaged and ready to go um and then one of the reasons why i um ran that f- <laughs> um it was probably with like on the on TiVo you had the list of mo- most watched things. Probably the reason why Escape from Cluster Prime was like so close to the top for me was because mm-hmm. as a kid I kept rewinding that intro over and over again because <laughs> I loved it so much. The 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 1950s style like it was almost it was like it was not, it wasn't 3D but it was like um because it was like 2.5D 2. 2. Yeah, 2. I think that's the proper term. Um and the the intense orchestral music I'm a big I'm listening to uh, music compositions all the time from film scores and everything like that. Love that stuff so much. All right. Somebody else. Well, uh, before, <laughs> before, we, before we get into that, oh, somebody yeah, else just came into the chat. So uh, please yes. introduce yourself. Um, hi. Yes. I, I, hi. Hope, I hope people can hear me. Yes, we yep. can. Yep. Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Epic. Um, I like a teenage robot. Can we get your name first? 
<laughs> the introduction. Uh, do you want do you want my uh do you want my full name? Which whichever you want to introduce yourself. Uh, I am Pikachu, also known as Casey. Uh, and, but you can just call me Chaz. Um, and uh, I discovered the show around 2020, um, during the pandemic. And then I, uh, I really loved the show, so I, uh, joined the community, and, um, uh, things just kind of went on from there, you know, I joined, rebooted, and, uh, now here I am talking about it with, um, with you and others. All right, now you can go over your favorite stuff, go for it. Yeah, all right. Uh, my favorite stuff, uh, Nathan was just talking about this, Escape from Cluster Prime. I won't reiterate uh, what's so great about it, but you know, uh, it, it was just a phenomenal episode. Like, one of my favorite, like, unironically, one of my favorite uh, a cartoon episodes, like, ever. Also, Vega is queen, and I wish we got to see her more. Um, and then, uh, I'd say my other two favorite episodes, this one's controverse, co controversial. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Nathan <laughs> knows what I'm about to talk about, the Christmas special. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh boy, oh, boy. Oh, no. Yeah. That is <laughs> Yeah, I really like the Christmas special. Are there flaws with it? Absolutely. There are some things that like are just like not as thought out as I feel like they could have been. However, I don't care. It's really entertaining. It's just, I love the atmosphere throughout the entire episode. I like how it's a lot more dark than you'd expect from like a normal christmas special and it isn't like it isn't like completely unfair either because like everything turns out well in the end you know it's not like oh jenny's just being tortured throughout i guess she is like uh driven out of tremerton which is kind of uh unfortunate but uh like considering everything that happened and like she couldn't remember everything it wasn't like the worst thing ever it was more so like what you'd expect and i like how after everything sheldon was the only one who believed her which i thought was one of his best moments and overall i just think it was uh it was it was it was just entertaining. I can understand why some people don't like it, but uh, I it will always be one of my personal favorites. All right. Uh, do you have any favorite characters? Uh, my favorite characters. Um, let's see. Jenny is an awesome protagonist. Uh, Brad is the <laughs> Brad is the awesome uh, kind of. I guess. Best way to describe him, I don't know if I'd call him a sidekick character, but like, um, he's like the guy who's um, who's like always in on the adventures. You know, he's just 
He's just the cool guy who's also kind of a dork. Like a deuteragonist or something like that? I forget what the term is. I don't... Yeah. Uh, I think he that's it. Um, Tuck, what... Um, Tuck is kind of a mixed bag, you know, sometimes he's, uh, he, um, he's like, he's kind of a brat sometimes, but, uh, he, he has his moments, and when, when he has his moments, they're amazing moments. And then, of course, there's Sheldon, the, the epic loser character of the show. Uh, (laughs) Nora's also awesome, and, uh, Again, Vega. I I really love Vega. She she's uh one of my favorite characters, and also uh this is not related to how much I love her at all, but uh I've always had like I guess kind of a headcanon where she's a lesbian because the <laughs> color scheme and just how she oh. was written in Cluster Prime. Anyways, I'm. I apologize for getting into that. I just Wait, which of those which of those characters was your favorite? <laughs> of those characters, I could I I don't know if I could choose just one. I mean, if I were to choose, I'd say, uh, in terms of just how funny they were, I'd say either Brad or Sheldon. But in terms of how precious the characters are, like the characters who I just protect at all costs, it's definitely got to be Vega. All right. Anybody else want to share? So um, I'm actually going to expand upon what both uh, what Nathan and what both Nathan and Chaz were talking about with just how great um, Cluster Prime is, uh, just as as a it's just as what it is. It's not. It doesn't feel like a like an episode. It feels a lot more cinematic, and you know, it feels like it has. Not not to say that the show doesn't have heart; it clearly does. Um, but you can really, really feel that with uh, with uh, Escape from Cluster Prime. Uh, you can tell that they wanted to try something different and something new, and it was really compelling seeing that kind of journey that um, Jenny was going through. Um, and I thought Chaz actually brought up a really good point with how she was portrayed in the Christmas special. Um, I'd never thought about it that way, uh, but seeing, but seeing it in that perspective, I mean, that literally just kind of like changed my mind a little bit on how I feel about the episode. It's not, it's not as bad as people try to make it out to be, I think. Um, but as for like favorite characters and stuff like that, um, Jenny, it's it's always gonna be Jenny. Jenny's number one. <laughs> we can all we don't we don't we don't need to expand upon that. Um, and yeah, Vega's a great a great runner up too. She's fantastic. It's amazing seeing uh, those two interact. Uh, Jenny finally getting her robot friends that she she wanted. Um, and I'm gonna say uh, the 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 biker gang. Is a really underrated uh, just group, just comedy group. They're hilarious. I absolutely love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, somebody else just came into the chat. So uh, why don't you introduce Hi, yourself? Speaking of robot friends, hello. Hello there. <laughs> hello, my robot friends. Oh, hello. Oh, my goodness. Welcome. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, 
It's Robin Zetti. Is everybody on the screen? How many, how many people are in this chat? I have a box of uh, um, looks like 12. Of my 12 yes. Yep. yes. Yeah. Okay. That's good. about right. So I don't have to mess around with Zoom and make sure the squares get smaller or anything like that. No, no, no. You're you're perfectly fine. I can see so... myself. I can see everybody else. Hi. Well, someone's is someone sketching. Is that what you're holding up there? <laughs> Nick. Yeah. I got very, very, very nice. Find everybody's names now. Very yeah. nice. Very nice sketch. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. Thanks for inviting me to this. Absolutely. Hello. Thank yeah, you thanks for coming over. Awesome that you could arrive. Sure. Yeah. I don't want to derail anything. I don't know. What no, you know. no, please. You're you're perfectly <laughs> fine. We're so. just talking about your show. Yeah, like, you know how terrible it is. It's pretty chill. Stuff. Moments and everything. Yeah, and we were just talking about um, when you're going to reboot Mina and the Count. You know. Just oh like yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Guys, is anybody running a network right now? <laughs> Are you, any of you guys got a TV network you want to put? I'll oh, get on it. We'll get on it. Hey, hey, Nathan, uh, where's the budget? Nathan, Mark, Mark. <laughs> my money, Nathan. It's right here, guys. I have um, let's see, five cents, ten cents, oh, well, fifteen boy. cents. I, I think That's they'll do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. oh, two goodness. cents, uh, a piece of lint, and a, a paper clip. <laughs> is that what I the anime? Paper clip. The paper um, clip is important. <laughs> I have some uh, money going towards my college fund that we could use. Oh, no. <laughs> no, don't do it, don't do it. No, no. Can I say, I'm not knowing can you I guys too well. I want to make sure nobody's serious about those kind of offers. No, no. <laughs> but no, uh, listen, I just want to thank you, uh, Rob, for coming on to the podcast. I really do appreciate you taking the time and for you to share your experiences with uh, not only creating the show, but also seeing the fan base that was able to culminate because of said show. Well, Thank you for once once again. Thank you for inviting me. Um, thank you for still being fans of the show, uh, almost twenty years after it premiered. <laughs> um, I don't know. Some of you must have been about one year old when it premiered. I don't know. I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible judge of ages. I, so no, I I was um I was twenty. You were 20. Wow. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not looking people to reveal their ages. Actually. <laughs> no, I'll throw out, some, joke, I'll throw out but... some interesting trivia. I'll throw out some interesting trivia. Um, yeah. What the pilot premiered, I think, January of 1999 or was yes. it 98? 99. Um, 99. Yes. Uh, I was about two weeks old. Nice. And yet you wrote down the name that that pilot premiered. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I actually very, still, I think I have some. child. Yeah, I actually do have very some. Like, um, oh, you guys, is that the Nickelodeon book? I do. I do have it. Yeah. Ooh. So do I. Hey. Hey, look at that. It's right here. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, for those who don't know, this is the Not Just Cartoons, Nicktoons book written and uh, all put together by animation historian Jerry Beck. And so, yeah, these are all the, the pictures right here of all the... Um, Concept art, character yeah. designs of the show. Oh wow! Right. You got That's some good. excerpts from yourself and from everybody who was involved in it. So I'm just going to read off what it says here. Um, yours. Um, I'm just going to read off some of the ones that you said. So it says right okay. here, what made <laughs> teenage <laughs> what made teenage robot truly different was the way that it looked. Alex Kerwin and my designers gave the show what we call a future deco look which meant they brought 1930s influences to the designs. So, and uh, we used art art, uh, deco influences for the architecture and the props. And we tried to get deco posters in all the backgrounds. 
we made a great looking and very different world. It's very sophisticated, but not too sophisticated for kids. We try to translate that same look into Nora and Brad and to a lesser extent, um, Tuck, when talking about the old Astro Boy cartoons from the mm -hmm. 60s. And also including Jenny too, who is a robot and who has no reason at all to have two ponytails stuck up into her head. We gave her a reason by making them all into jets. Originally, the ponytails were supposed to give her a kind of Mickey Mouse silhouette. In fact, we often mistakenly call them ears. And uh, one more thing I just want to read. Uh, kids could walk through our demolished city and then into the flying saucer and see the aliens. We had an elaborate diorama with Jenny being attacked and electrocuted by aliens, and we built a life-size replica of Queen Vexus with light effects. We had Eartha Kid, who voiced the characters, record some cackling with our replica. So, yeah. Yeah, um, that was our Halloween decoration. <laughs> it's a little bit strange uh -huh. out of context. But yeah, yeah that, I remember that seeing that about our Halloween. Roblox. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, Kerwin, as in all things, was kind of the inspirational lead for our Halloween. He was a huge... Halloween fanatic. In fact, he still does huge decorations on his own house every year. Um, but yeah, during the Teenage Robot phase uh, uh, years, I think I'm trying to think we did it every Halloween. It was also there was a huge competition within Nickelodeon. All the crews were trying to outdo each other. So the first year we the first year we were in our permanent space at Nickelodeon because we started off the show started off. We were in a different space. In fact, we weren't even officially a Nickelodeon show at first because I insisted that we be a union show. And when we first started, Nickelodeon was not union. Um, and uh, one of the conditions I had of doing the show was that I was only going to do it if we could be a union show. Um, and so we were like set up separately through Fred Seibert, like set up a shell company and we were union signatory and we were all getting union benefits. And then very soon after that, Nickelodeon went union. So we were able to move into Nickelodeon building. So I think for that first Halloween when we were officially working, we weren't there yet. But then the next year, when we were in our final Nickelodeon space, we know we realized everybody's comp is everybody's. This is a huge competition. We got really slow off um, uh, of the slow start, um, and we did. Uh, I say we, meaning everybody but me. <laughs> like <laughs> Alex, Alex spearheaded this. He 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 corralled everybody. I turned a blind eye to all the work that wasn't being done for about a month. <laughs> and we did he did like this amazing ghost ship in the in the cubicles that were actually right outside my office i had the corner office and my two color stylists were right outside there and we transformed their cubicle into like this ghost ship and stuff with light effects and thunder and all that in a, in a skeleton at the at the wheel of the ship and it was just basically the prow of the ship but so that was like totally there was no teenage robot um connection to that but then the second and third year we did we did like teenage robot thing uh themed uh things and that's where you're talking about the ufo we had we did we did one year where we did like a ufo landing in a, on a farm and um we actually did like fake interview videos uh with me among others i was in a giant cowboy hat acting like i was a a farmer that um the ufo had crashed on my land and we had that plane uh on a monitor while all the kids were walking through um, the problem with that year was all the hay that we brought in. We brought in actual hay. It started to, it started to mildew and mold, <laughs> and like we <laughs> nice. oh, we're gonna get, oh, get this no. stuff out of here before we make our crew sick, like with like you know <laughs> mold in their lungs. And so we had to like emergency get it out of there as quick as we could. And then we did we did also do like a, we did a, a a diorama where Jenny was on a 
was on a um you probably guys have probably seen the 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 yeah. pictures but she's like being experimented on by vexus and the aliens like basically like an alien abduction and that's where the giant um vexus uh figure which is deconstructed in my garage um i still have it i still have some of the bugs i still have jenny but they're all kind of in pieces i'm hoping someday alex and i will get together and um and and put it all back together again um but we haven't done it as of yet but maybe maybe for the 30th anniversary who knows <laughs> it could it could be a that's 10 years away situation. no i know i don't i don't know if it'll ever happen but i've yeah i've yet to get rid of them for a while i had some when i left when the show closed down and and nickelodeon kicked us out i i went to other studios and whatever and for a while i had a couple of the the bugs the 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 cluster bugs um just like up up and up uh suspended from my ceiling in my office and stuff um but it became a little bit too much of a hassle to move them from office to office because i've moved a lot of places since teenage robot ended oh of course yeah i mean this uh whole podcast um space alone has been moved at least four or five times in the 10 years that i've been doing my stuff so i i, I relate to that yeah, so I, I want to have uh, opportunity to ask some questions. So I remember that you tweeted about this many years ago, and this was kind of like a catalyst for a video that I was doing, where I was talking about the significance of including story-driven portions and character development in animated mm -hmm. shows. And you were mentioning about um, Misty, one of the characters that was featured in the second season. Mm -hmm. And you answered a question from one of your followers saying about like, you know, was there going to be something more to Misty? And then you were saying that we wanted to include more stuff with her, but, you know, all this um, story development and stuff was frowned upon back then. And so we didn't mm -hmm. push it any further. So yeah, I mean, I always thought that that was very fascinating. And I was just thinking to myself, were there any other ideas that you wanted to include into Teenage Robot, but were never able to do because of said, to, you know, constraints and um, all the, you know, the stuff that probably was limiting you to what you wanted to do in the first place? I mean, the, answer, the short answer is yes. Uh, the long answer is we didn't think about that stuff too much because we knew we couldn't get away with it. Um if I were doing Teenage Robot today as an animated show, um, it would be completely different. It would be, there'd be, it would be like, I mean, Buffy was kind of my inspiration, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show. Um, back back when we were making the show, it was a huge influence on it um, because you kind of had this reluctant superhero and because you like had these, I would have done like, you know, I would have loved to do season long arcs where you still have like episodes that have a, a beginning, middle and end within themselves. And some of them are just like that. Some of them have like a little hint of the bigger story. And then some of the stories are just like concerned with the big overarching story. That's going to be the story for the season. That's how I would do the show if I were doing it today. You know, I would, I love that. And I think it's the, the, the genre that I was trying to pursue would be, would, would be appropriate for it. Back then we pretty much had to just make cartoons that could be, you know, anybody could jump into the series on any episode and understand what's going on and, and not feel like they were lost and get turned off because of it. But within that, I tried to like see little bits of things like so, you know, that like when Misty first shows up, she's one kind of character. And when she shows up in subsequent episodes, she starts to change and Jenny's relationship with her starts to change. And in that example, yes, we were going to go further with it. We were probably going to go darker with Misty and make her into a more uh, like a more of a complete supervillain, at least for a while. And then maybe bring her back a little bit or have Jenny bring her back in some way. But um you know, that was never really figured out besides what I just said right now. You know, I didn't have anything further on that because I never got the chance to do it. Um, the same thing with Melody was like the those two characters, those two female characters um, were kind of a real 
chance to sh like kind of hold the mirror up to Jenny and and for her to explore how she felt about herself and how she felt about her place in the world. And, you know, she starts off the show being a very reluctant superhero. Like I said, she doesn't really want to do any of her superhero stuff. She just wants to be a teenage girl. And though that is always a running concept of the show and she never drops that entirely, never gets bored, you know, never is like, yes, I want to be a full on superhero now. Um, you know, throughout the series, she kind of becomes, she comes to grips with that. Like, does she really, really feel so completely that way? And if she were to be honest, she'd answer no. Um, and then we explored that the most in like Escape from Cluster Prime, Prime, where she has the opportunity to melt into a world where everybody is like her. Everybody else is a robot. She can finally fit in, right? Which has been her goal this whole time. And instead of that, she finds herself putting on a cape and putting on a costume and becoming a superhero again. And, and helping out the other robots around her. Um, so that was kind of like, probably <laughs> if I were doing things that could be, you know, that would be probably closer to the end of the whole series if I were to do it today again, because that is kind of her bigger story arc is like what her embracing her, what she really is and who she really is. Um, and, and not only embracing and accepting it, but, but being proud of it and, and, and loving herself. I mean, that was her biggest issue was, I mean, I think it is with a lot of teenagers and that's kind of why I explored that, the idea that like, you have to learn to love yourself with all your flaws. It doesn't mean you excuse any of the bad stuff you do or like don't work to continue to improve yourself, but you have to have a kind of a basic love for yourself as a flawed human being, or in this case, a flawed robot and go forward from there if you're ever gonna have any kind of happiness or um, happiness with yourself or happiness with other people. Yeah. Sorry, I'm very long-winded. You may know. No, 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 no. I, I love this. I, I love when, when people. You won't get a lot of answers out of me, but hopefully they'll be thoughtful. No, no, I, I really do appreciate this. Thank you. This is uh, this is great, especially since um, you know you get to learn very interesting things that you wouldn't be able to learn otherwise. I mean, you could always like try to look online or try to look into said book that I have right here, but. Sure getting you know firsthand experience with talking to the person himself it's um, it always fascinates me so thank you well i'm happy to fascinate you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah we were just talking about favorite characters favorite episodes favorite mm -hmm. moments so yeah why don't you why don't you share why don't you share your favorite oh, no. characters moments episodes <laughs> i mean but it's you... hard for me it's hard for me to say who my favorite character is i mean jenny is obviously one of my favorite characters because she's the more unique of the, the the lead characters you know mm -hmm. sort of who she, what she is and 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 um just her basic makeup um but i you know i have a lot of i love favorites i was mentioning this the other day someone else asked me this question i'm a, i like kilgore a lot even though he didn't show up very often i just thought he's funny and instantly gettable and one of the sillier characters um and i liked how much he's able to accomplish for being the stupid little toy robot um <laughs> so i really loved him um the darker character uh, the raggedy android suit which i'd hope to do more with um i liked that character a lot because it was able we were able to kind of get a little bit of a horror vibe um into the show with the second raggedy android episode um and i had further plans for that um um you know i wanted to do more kind of spooky and and serious episodes but it wasn't really something that was uh, they were very interested in doing. Um, I love horror and, um, you know, uh, and I wanted to kind of try and get a little bit of that vibe in the show, but it was a little bit hard, kind of squeezed it in around the edges. But um, so I really enjoyed, I enjoyed that kind of, that kind of darker, darker character. Um, I always loved Vexus, loved working with Eartha Kitt. Um, she was a, a real uh, pleasure to work with. Um, she was really funny. Um, most times I would just record her over the phone because she was in New York. So um, 
she would be in a studio in New York and I'd be listening on the phone. And um, she knew when I wasn't happy, like I would, I felt bad if I gave her a lot of um, takes to do like on a line or whatever, cause she wasn't getting it. And it's at some points I would be like, okay, yeah, I think we got it. We can move on. She's like, no, we can't. You're, you're not happy. <laughs> and she would stop me. And so, you know, until we got it till I, the place I was satisfied with. Um, and I actually did get to meet her once I traveled to New York once and we recorded with her in person once. And that was a lot of fun. It was, a, I'm not much of, I, I tend to shy away from meeting celebrities. Like if I coincidentally run into somebody, I don't run up to them and try and have an interaction with them. I kind of feel like they want to be left alone and I feel weird about it. But um, I love that I had at least a little bit of a personal relationship with Eartha Kitt because she was, um, I loved her in the, in the um, old sixties Batman uh, series, uh, which was a huge uh, series for me as a kid. I loved it. Um, so getting to work with her was, her was a real thrill. So Vexus was always one of my favorite characters. And I think someone, uh, who is it? oh Sebastian? Is that your name? Where you were talking about the space bikers? That's right. They were they were really supposed to be a one off uh, uh, set of characters. They were supposed to be in that the Return of Raggy Android episode. They were just kind of supposed to be throwaways. But um, I'm trying to think who did that. Who did that board? Can't remember who did the storyboard. But anyways, they came so alive in the board, and they were so much fun, and they were so instantly gettable that. <laughs> Um, as a villain, like you could just use them and have them show up and you didn't have to really explain anything about them. You really got what they were right away. Um, so that they became returning villains kind of against, uh, you know, on their own. They kind of, they barged their way into that episode and they kind of barged their way into the series after that. They just, we kept bringing them back because I fell in love with them and thought they were so useful and so different in terms of what they were, what they wanted and what they were after. They were just, they were basically after a good time and usually their good time meant it was a bad time for everybody around them. Um, <laughs> so they were a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun to work with. So, that, so those are some of my favorites. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, if anybody else wants to share favorite characters or episodes or moments, you're more than welcome to. Um, I was speaking of sharing. Uh, my favorite episode uh, was uh, the enclosure of Doom um, because it had Kilgore <laughs> and because it was uh, such a... <laughs> Such a little bit contained episode. Um, it was like what, what was happening, and I felt it was very different to like how the rest of the series had uh, had been up until this point. I felt like I was watching uh, like uh, like a movie. What was it that mo movie where everything's going backwards and the guy's trying to remember things? Uh, yeah. uh, is it like Groundhog Day or something? Not, like not Tenet. It's the one with photos. <laughs> uh, oh, Memento. Oh, Memento. Memento. There we go. Yeah, had that. Uh, had a very Memento vibe, and I was like, oh, this is this is great. <laughs> Memento <laughs> with <I> Kilgore. <laughs> <laughs> Do not trust his lies. Do not trust his lies. <laughs> Uh, um, it's written on his tag. Yeah, <laughs> on the backside. Yeah, right. Um, I, I just thought that was a very interesting, well-contained little episode. Um, so that was my favorite bit. Uh, um, well, thank you. Well, yeah. A bit of trivia: I saw Memento after I just got back from Japan. Believe it or not, we mm -hmm. didn't want to fall asleep in the middle of the afternoon, so we went to go see a movie, and we decided to see Memento. I don't. That was a really bad movie to pick when you're <laughs> you're very, very, very jet lag. Yeah, <laughs> I still enjoyed it. I thought I I thought I mostly followed it. I don't know how. Maybe it was in this weird high headspace, like maybe I was on a different plane of consciousness because I hadn't slept. But uh, it was a weird movie to choose, but we did choose that movie right off the flight uh, from Japan. <laughs> I like that. I like that episode too. I loved having Kilgore and Armageddon in one episode together, even though you know that's revealed at the end that Armageddon is there. It's great. The yeah, biggest, the biggest and the smallest of the robots in the show. 
Yeah. All together. Yeah, all, all coming together. Um, in terms of characters, <laughs> my favorite character was uh, Nora. Um, mm. I know I'm a bit, a bit different here. And admittedly, yes, Jenny is my favorite, but I want to talk about Nora for a bit because I always was fascinated <laughs> by this person who had created a teenage robot. And I was just like, why? What? Why did you do that? You could have made <laughs> anything else, but you decided to make a teenager. So, like, what, what's happening here? What, what, are, you, are you missing something? Is, is there a hole in your life you're trying to fulfill? <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, uh, there was actually a part of me that was actually a little bit upset that we didn't delve more into that aspect of Nora, like why she made essentially all these. Uh, essentially became a, a mother figure for all of these uh, characters. And I was like, why, why have you done this, Nora? Like, <laughs> what's happening here? So um, I always was a little bit like, there's a missed opportunity here. If I was going to make an episode or something, I'd do something about oh. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, if it was, I mean, I had an interesting theory about this where if you guys weren't inspired by Astro Boy, I always thought that, you know, very similar to how the doctor created Astro Boy because his son had passed away and is basically like a robot version of him. I always thought that maybe it's kind of like Nora created Jenny to be a replacement for her daughter, maybe because maybe she passed on or maybe it was a, maybe she was a strained or maybe she never had children and maybe she wanted to have a, a part of, you know, something that she can be able to raise to kind of like make up for it. So, I mean, that's what I always interpreted it as, but I could be completely wrong in this. I was exactly Confirm it, Rob. Confirm. Do you, do you want me to give you the answer, <laughs> or would you like to keep speculating for another wait, 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 Nathan, we're gonna have to rewrite the entire thing if we're horribly wrong. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, he's like, oh, oh no! Oh, God. Activate our, our episode. Look, you guys, day. you guys oh, no. can write whatever you like. That's your, that's your, that's your, that's your. your I want to stand. You can do yourself. It's our thing. prerogative. Thank you. Well, <laughs> someone said I want to mention something. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I wanted to mention that um some that a few people have pointed out a really interesting theory about. About, um how whenever I mean there's like the like some clip uh some like flashback clip of Nora whenever she was younger mm -hmm. um she had red hair and that people made the connection that Raggedy Android had red hair too um so there so there's like that sort of um again motherly connection that like it's like secret secret desire you know this whole <laughs> whole mystery thing um and that, that would be interesting to hear about too uh what you have to say about i think that's a, that that i would say that theory is a bit of a reach but um i think it's mostly that <laughs> raggedy android has red hair because we thought that's kind of what uh raggedy andy and and uh raggedy ann they 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 have red hair and that's kind of what that is that is um inspired by as far as uh, as far as wakeman's motherly instincts and all that um as far as i know and i've never we didn't delve into her history so maybe we would change this if she did she never had any children um, she didn't intend to kind of swap out robots for children or build robots because she wanted to have children, though she did. If you look at all the XJs, she did kind of make a lot of them childlike. So there may be something subconsciously operating there. Um, she, um, the reason, the theory, the theory that I had, and this is maybe touched on in the show, but maybe barely, I can't remember all the stuff that I've written in, in the in dialogue and in, in concepts order, but the basic concept was that she, made jenny a teenager because teenagers um have a rapid they're rapidly developing and after all her failures with all the xjs whose personalities were all static whatever they were right all the other xjs are kind of one note there's one that's a clean freak there's one that's depressed all the time there's one who's a brute 
um, she realized that the mistake she was making was making them so um, monomaniacal. So she made Jenny a teenager because she thought she would have a more flexible mind. She'd, she'd, she'd be able to adjust to any kind of situation. She'd have the flexibility to kind of be a successful superhero because she'd be able to make impromptu decisions and not just be tied to any kind of preset programming or anything like that. She didn't realize that she was also going to get the personality of a teenage girl along with it. Um, and, you know, so she was kind of thrown into motherhood against her will by Jenny, who, you know, calls her mom. Um, and um, and she never she never thought she'd assume that kind of role with, with Jenny when she first created her. Um, and if anything, it would be interesting to do some flashback episodes to like Jenny's first days um, um, uh, out of the out of the <laughs> I want to say out of the womb because she didn't birth her. But, you know, <laughs> oh, out, of the, out of the metaphorical womb. Yeah, no, 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 none of that. None of that. Um, but yeah, you know, there's not, she was never, she never looked, she never sought out motherhood. She was always dedicated to science. Um, she's always been a defender of the earth. And for, in fact, there was, you know, in, in um, Escape from Cluster Prime, she puts on an old Skyway Patrol uniform because she was a member of Skyway, which, you know, we, we revealed in the Armageddon episode. Um, but there was talk back when we thought the show would be um, you know, successful and go as long as they wanted to do it, that we do a spin-off series called Nora Wakeman of Skyway Patrol with a with a teenage Nora. And I think that that image has been out in the world. Um uh Kerwin did a did a little sketch of her as a young as a young uh, young girl. Um that was a, I was actually excited about that idea. <laughs> uh but again no nothing ever went anywhere with that because uh, the show didn't get its full run. So they were looking to have a spin-off of a show that they were canceling. Um but that's a that, that those are my insights into Nora as much as I have. Um, again, as fans and as fan, you know, making fan fiction, you guys can deviate however you see fit. Oh no, I was, you, I've, yeah. been, I've been silently freaking out because that is almost <laughs> exactly what we were writing for Activation. Like we have this whole prequel episode that we were like, oh, what better way to introduce all the characters again than to go back before the show even started and then you've like, validated this man we, so much within the last five minutes the amount of like second guessing that i've been doing where it's like okay what jenny's character wakeman's character is does she have a dead daughter that because that was a popular theory back way in the way like, no that doesn't doesn't sound like her and i've been oh my god i mean she's more <laughs> she's more she's more geppetto than than astro boys uh a father but you know what i mean um oh yeah yeah but, uh, Dr. Tim, but, yeah. but geppetto, geppetto was kind of going to have wanted to have a, again wanted to have a little boy um but uh wakeman just wanted to have a superhero robot and she, get a, <laughs> she got a daughter on the side as a bonus and a benefit and you know throughout the series you see her softening a little bit towards uh you know when she calls jenny jenny it means she's feeling a little bit more motherly towards her and a little bit more tender or protective of her um, so she has those feelings. She just doesn't like to admit them or let them get in the way of what she sees as her mission, which is to protect the earth and to do so with XJ9. It's such a cute dynamic. I love it. <laughs> I Thank love you. you so much. Well, you know, it's 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 hard to sell an old woman character on a kid's cartoon, <laughs> but I thought it was important. It was I was, you know, I was I was very much into strong female characters, all the strongest characters on the show are women or female um you know kind of the goofier comic relief uh characters are mostly the men um and that was on purpose because i wanted to balance the scales of what was out there um uh makes it a harder sell to everybody but um but uh, we managed to get get it on on the air and um i was always happy with the fact that uh 
Dr. Wakeman, um, you know, was was, was a, a, an esteemed scientist of some some renown and regard and 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 a lot of ability. Even so, to this even so to this day, you uh, in Nickelodeon, you don't see a lot of female characters. I mean, there's only been like a handful of them in the over fifty, you know, Nick Nicktoons that we've mm -hmm. had. You have uh, Eliza Thornberry from the Wild Thornberries. You have um, Ginger Foutley from As Told by Ginger. Jenny, of course. You have Bessie Higginbottom from The Mighty Bee. Cora from mm -hmm. The Legend of Cora. And uh, very, and you know, you have like sprinkles of uh, very other, various other shows that had uh, female sure. uh, protagonists. You know, there's It's Pony, The Casa Grandes, um, and various others. But yeah, I mean, even still to this day, um, we, we're getting a lot more of it now uh, compared to like 10, 20 years ago, where we get to see a lot more female uh, characters being the main protagonists of their mm -hmm. respected show. But um, I'm sure that, you know, for you, Rob, I'm sure that was probably a hard thing to sell, especially since, um, you know, again, I was reading through like various articles and, um, you know, various uh, reports from people saying that it was hard to pitch a show featuring female characters and female protagonists because boys would watch a show about girls. No, it was girls who would watch a show about boys, yeah. but boys wouldn't watch a show about girls. So, I mean, that's the theory anyways, and I don't know how much actual proof there is behind that but that is the excuse and it's yeah that's what they always say yeah you know and uh th there's a lot of good executives out there so what i'm about to say does not apply to them but like a lot of executives are lazy and i also so they're and they also in fear for their job um so like they aren't going to put their necks out necessarily or you know they're not going to take a gamble on a show they're going to try and do usually make the safe decision make this decision that's backed up by you know focus groups or whatever or his their own history and whatever i mean that's why you've you know so you see now nickelodeon doing a million spongebob uh spinoffs because spongebob is you know arguably the greatest cartoon character of this generation and you know he's been going for forever and why not do three other shows based off spongebob um it's the obvious choice and it's nobody's gonna get fired by, for making an, another Sp spongebob show um but yeah, no, it's it's difficult to sell shows with female protagonists um, still to this day. Um, and, um, you know, so the creators shy away from it. Um, I, I Honestly, I didn't really, I never really sell, sold the show. I did the pilot. Um, I went away. And by the end, and, and then um, basically I have Fairly Out Parents to thank for Teenage Robot because Fairly Out Parents was such a big hit. Um, Nickelodeon looked back at all the other pilots that had been made a part as part of the, um, the oh yeah cartoons program, and um, they liked mine, and they decided they thought they could make a show out of it. So I went away. I went away. I did a very short show bible after I did the pilot of what I thought the show could be like. I left that with one of the execs at Nickelodeon. That exec left Nickelodeon, and so I thought any hope that my show would get picked up was gone. And then the next thing I knew, Fred Cybert was telling me, "You may the they may pick up a show." Uh, and then the next phone call I got was from Margie Cohn, who's one of the Nickelodeon sex at the time, and saying, we are picking up your show. Um, so I never had to do any kind of song and dance or tap dance or anything or sell anybody on the idea. I just did the pilot. I did a Bible. I went away. And they said yes. Um, and that was it. And we, you know, we we went on from there. So it was like a string of luck or something like that. It was very lucky. I mean, it was a string yeah. of, yes, it was a big string of luck. Um, you know, and it was lucky that Butch's show became such a hit because they, were, they like, again, not having a lot of imagination, they went like, well, where did that come from? Oh, it went, came from Oh Yeah Cartoons. Well, what other Oh Yeah Cartoons could possibly be 
a series and they saw mine and they saw the series potential in it. Um, and there was, there was actually some initial talk of it, like, Oh, they're interested in it as a series when I first did the pilot, but it didn't amount to anything at that time. And Fred Seibert, who again was the kind of exec in charge of oh, your cartoons told me, if you don't want to stay here right now, go to the next studio do the next thing you want to do. If they want to do a show with you, they'll get you back. You don't have to stay here on the hopes that they may do your show in two or three years, because otherwise they're going to be too hurt and not want to do a show with you. They will do a show with you if they want to do a show with you. It doesn't matter where you're, where you are working at the time. So I took his advice and I left and, and did some other things in the three years between the time I did the pilot and they picked up the show. So. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I always love hearing behind the scenes stories about that because you get to see that, you know, there could be a possibility that it may not happen or if it does happen, what are the changes you have to do? What are the um, additions or subtractions that you have to do? So, yeah, I, I just thought that, you know, coming in from the original pilot over to the animated series, mm -hmm. I mean, other than some bits and pieces of the art style and basically getting more ideas and stuff implemented. It, it's more or less from what I saw in the first episode, the pilot redone. And then, you know, you just take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably shouldn't even redone the pilot. I should have probably just started in the middle of the show. Um, I, the pilot was fine. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's a fine episode, but it was kind of, was kind of unnecessary. I probably could have just started in the middle of the show and had everything set up. But, um, um, but yeah, no, they, they didn't give us a lot of, they didn't say like, we're picking up your show if you do this, or we're picking up your show if you do that. They basically said you're picked up. And they gave us only like a few episodes to start. I think we were supposed to have, I think we were supposed to only have 10 episodes for that first season. And my uh, agent basically pushed them to negotiate to get a full 13 episode season, which was a season at the time, a 13 and a half hours. Um, and they didn't really give us any, the, after we did the first season, they focused, they focus tested it. And based on what the kids said, they said like, well, we, these are the things that the kids, these are the criticism basically that we're extracting from the focus groups, whether they were actually from the kids or whether they just used that as an excuse for their own um, criticisms. But the criticisms I thought were valid. And we had to like do a, like a pitch document for the second season where we said like, here's our strategy. Here's what the kids said. Here's the, the lessons out of it. Here's the things we're going to change about the show going forward. And like we had to do this document and then present it, not even present it to him, just hand it into him. I didn't talk again. I think I might've, I might've had one small discussion with a couple of execs about it, but I really didn't do, again, I didn't do a presentation. I just kind of handed this document in and then they said, yeah, we're picking you up for a second series, um, you know, and let's show us some episodes that um, do what you're, what you're, what you're talking about. So one of those things was like to give uh you know, Brad, uh, Brad, uh, more to do. So we did the last action zero was like one of the first episodes we did for second <laughs> season where we kind of pushed the idea that like, he also wanted to be a superhero in some way. And he wanted to have, you know, he had his own, his own drive and he had his own desire to help out in a more substantial way. Um, I don't remember any of the other really criti criticisms and things we had to do, but that one always stuck in my mind because we very much, we very, um, uh, very, um, deliberately designed that episode to kind of set that up and, and move that forward. Yeah. Um, Speaking of episodes, <laughs> yes. anybody else want to share favorite episodes ah. and moments? Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I forgot we were still doing this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a bit I, I, I didn't mean to derail things. I, no, it's very I, I, no, no, I, I no. Gotta, it's okay. I got okay. to go away soon and, and have dinner or yeah. my wife's going to uh, pound down the door, but uh, no we'll problem. stay with you guys a little bit yeah. longer. It's okay. Okay. 
problem. Uh, uh, real, real quick, while you're still here, I felt um, so validated when you were talking about Kilgore because Kilgore's <laughs> always been one of my favorites. Uh, like that was one of the things coming into this project where I was just like, uh, if there's no Kilgore episode, I'm not doing it. I don't want to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky for yeah. you, the teacher proper proponent is to like Kilgore. Episode. Luckily, luckily, we love Kilgore here as a collective. He's great. <laughs> um, thank goodness. Uh, a lot of like gremlin vibes, if anything. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. He's the most relatable. You know what I mean? Mm, for sure. <laughs> you know, again, like you're. Um, the first Kilgore episode was done by a guy uh, named Dave Thomas, who's well known board artist, uh, worked with Jorge Gutierrez on his uh, uh, Netflix show um, and worked with uh, Craig and I on Kid Cosmic, uh, was one of our directors. Really, really super talented guy. Tried for a really long time to get a show of his own. It never did. Hasn't happened for him yet. He's out, I think he's probably still out there trying, but he's been he's been at the top uh, tier for a really long time and was really good. And he was, again, he was working on Jorge's show, I think. Uh, or something else that uh, maybe I'm, he might have been on Fairly Odd Parents at that point. He was on another show and he had enough time to do a freelance board. So we gave him the first Kilgore uh, episode and he really brought that thing uh, alive because, um, you know, all our episodes were outline driven, which is basically we give the the board artist like a concept. We didn't, we don't write, we didn't write scripts on Teenage Robot. So um, the, the board pitch was always like a nail biter for me because some boards turned out great and some boards turned out really crappy. And when they turned out crappy, I had to fix them. Um, but Kilgore, I, I don't think I made any changes to that board at all. Dave, <laughs> Dave Thomas just hit it out of the park and delivered a great character for us to, to use. Um, and again, I wish I'd had a chance to do more with Kilgore, but, um, you know, in that mythical fourth season, we would have, have certainly brought him back again, um, at least once, if not more. Um, uh, thank you. He, he was someone, <laughs> he was a character that grew on, grew on us very quickly. We, we, we enjoyed him. And I really, I did enjoy what we did with him in Enclosure of Doom kind of giving him a different uh, a different shade to his character and his like he's not just he is actually successfully devious he's he's a pretty good villain actually <laughs> yeah <after all>. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really well, right he, up, no. he's very very clever in terms of how he manages to do all this mm -hmm. yeah. i think well and then the you know in enclosure doom we don't have to show how he did any of it since it's all done in flashback we're just like yeah yeah he brought ang and Rag yeah. you know, he brought uh, armageddon <laughs> back to life somehow yeah, he did it. He did it. And I think that's what makes him a fantastic villain. That's what makes him so great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He just does things without any inflammation. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if if I could uh say my Yeah, yeah, go for it. Show. Yeah. Um I I've had the privilege to speak with uh, some of the crew members on Teenage Robot, um uh, Jill Freemark, uh Heather Martinez, John Fountain. And uh, Alex Kerwin for a two and a half hour interview mm -hmm. on my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, one of the things that uh, they they kept on mentioning is how a Teenage Robot was a uh, a board driven show. Mm -hmm. Like uh, you uh, you would write the show around the storyboards that they would make. Like you would uh, uh, give them a synopsis, and uh, they they would uh, create based off of that. And uh, the episode that comes to mind, the one that Alex brought up, was uh, Victim of Fashion, which is just such mm -hmm. a a masterful episode from like a artistic point of view yeah so that's mine and also i just want to uh, congratulate you on uh, your book that uh, came out literally last week here it is here it is everybody the book everybody's watching by yeah. everybody go buy the book <laughs> the the show up. Thank you. i don't Thank have you any money
When you have money, money, you must spend it on this book. <laughs> actually, <laughs> not actually, buy yourself I, a meal, I, I, buy I a book. I forgot. I forgot. I have my college fund. There you go. There you go. Break <laughs> the piggy right. bank. Go to college a semester later, because. Yeah. So if anybody um, wants to share any other episodes, go or characters, go for it. But the thing, and um, thank you for mentioning Victim of Fashion. That's one of my favorite episodes. It's as well. it's one of mine too because it's so beautiful, like the designs and like all the colors and like all the environments too, all like come together and it's just so beautiful. Thank you. It was the first, uh, I believe it was the first half hour episode we did, and it was never meant to be. It was meant just to be a short, uh, uh, original eleven minute short, but. I knew, first of all, Brandon Cruz, who's the board artist on that, did a fantastic job. Um, and I knew like there's no way we could get it down to time and 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 give it its due. And so I I insisted that we make it a half hour. And it, it's not enough story for a half hour, but the set pieces in it are what you know all the the fashion competition needed room to breathe. And uh, Brandon and Alex stepped in and did a lot of that stuff himself. Um, you know, I was really happy with it. <laughs> Again, mm -hmm. probably not like we're going to give you a superhero show and it's going to be about fashion. Little boys, tune in. 11 year old <laughs> boys, you ready to see a bunch of female characters compete in a fashion? That's what the superhero show is all about. So maybe I was a little bit off the target there, but I don't, I regret nothing. <laughs> no, it's one of my favorites. I was a well, little boy back then. Yeah, well, this little boy loved that well, episode. You were a smart like, little boy. Definitely a top three episode. Definitely. Oh, Glad to hear it. Yes, I love Victim of Fashion. Yeah, I think, I think uh, sorry, go ahead. My favorites, obviously, Jenny, because I was, when I, finally started to watch the show back in 2000 somewhere between 2013 and 2014 I was in the middle of getting ready for high school I was in freshman year um when I first finally watching the show and so you know I relate to Jenny because of all the struggles that she it was dealing with because of you know all these obstacles like how do I fit in personally because of my autism is like how can I fit into something as common with normal people and then Jenny just like has this huge I guess like optimistic mindset to where as long as she can do whatever that she puts her mind into in terms of how she manages to overcome all these obstacles you know that helped me a lot when I was going through high school and so I relate to Jenny a lot in that regard Sheldon you know I, I think he's like a geek of the group you know he's he's very nerdy but he can be a little bit over and bearing at times and I can relate to Jenny a bit more of how she has to put up with his annoyance I, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry that if it's not the right word but like you know oh, that's the right word He's very, he can be very annoying. <laughs> <Pestering>. <laughs> I agree. You know, uh -huh. 
and so like Sheldon, he's more or less like you know there he's loyal to Jenny in some regard. He can be annoying, but he's he's a good kid inside. Brad and Tuck, I think the brother dynamic really helped bring a sense of family into Jenny's life somewhat because mm-hmm. of Nora and how she views Jenny as XG9 versus how Jenny wants to be viewed as her daughter. And so mm-hmm. that really communicated a lot towards how I was going through high school. And then I think my, like, my favorite episode, gosh, it's like, I think the two I can describe right now is like victim of fashion again, like the Farah, like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just. What? You has know, all the fashions and all the crazy <laughs> shenanigans that Jenny has to transform to was very creative. And I think, like, the Farah hairstyle that she transforms to partly was inspired by Farah Fawcett, which was a big 70s icon at the time and so like the colors and everything matched perfectly and then Escape from Cluster Prime feels like the Terminator 2 somewhat of you know this that's quite a compliment Terminator 2 is a great movie thank you (laughs) yeah like Terminator 2 in which you know the cluster takes over Trauma 10 during the 300th anniversary, Jenny gets left out because of, you know, she's been fighting Faxis in the beginning of the mm-hmm. special. It, it was a primetime special, I think. I remember reading about that in, like, mm-hmm. either TV or the robot wiki. She goes into Cluster Prime, and so everyone's panicking, but Wakeman and Sheldon team up just so they can actually help get Jenny back while at the exact same time Brad and Talk or trying to get Termiton back from Samitis who takes over and who is voiced by Steve Bloom who also did Cowboy Bebop. I, th- I certainly remember hearing a bit of, about uh, Steve Bloom's other works as well like but in terms of jenny herself she you know everything just comes together so nicely and you know i really think escape from cluster prime is one of my all-time favorite episodes the voice cast did a terrific job with everything that they did like even having third Thorn Birch. I'm sorry if I pronounce her. No, that's right. Thorn Birch. You got it. Yeah, she she was Vega. It's like until I recently saw Hocus Pocus, the Disney movie. Um, I didn't know much about Thorn beforehand, but you know she was great as Vega, and so it was like it's so beautiful, like the. 2.5D elements of like some mm. backgrounds did 
really good job of conveying, you know, how big Cluster Prime is or how big the uh, hall was when Jenny goes into Vaxus's uh, headquarters and discovers the chaps and everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, man, I'm, I'm just invested with the entirety of this special alone because of how great the character growth goes with Jenny. And so it's like, yeah, Jenny escaped from Cluster Prime, you know, everything to me just felt like, you know, be proud of who you are and everything and like I honestly get to that as someone who's ASD or autism um it's just it really really captured what I was feeling at the time and sometimes I go back to skip from Cluster Prime and think oh, it must have been good for Jenny to finally accept who she is and feel needed you know as her last line was in the special it would, it's just nice to feel needed that yeah. to me is really really awesome and really the entirety of the show itself is so fantastic Rob I really am so happy you were able to bring this to life and to many others. In fact, when I started Teenage Robot Buddha back in, like, I started working with Nathan on Teenage Robot Buddha in 2014, it was a few months after, you know, he made the announcement video or something like that. If it wasn't for the show, you know, my art style or just like my art wouldn't even be the same without you know just just a big major major thanks to you and Alex and everybody who has worked on this show to really help inspire others to be creative with shapes and everything and I think that's something that I think I can really 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 am relating into and as terms of how I first came to see this show as what it was Hmm. so I really want to thank you Rob so much for all well thank you you're you're welcome and thank you (laughs) yeah I I think we should I think we should just all give Rob um a hand so oh my yeah like you seriously? <laughs> well, that's that's lovely of you all. I, I probably should I probably should leave on that line of applause. <laughs> anyone, anyone have one any one last question I can answer before I take off and leave you guys to yourselves? All right, I'll try to go really quick because I know you got to go. Uh, well, my favorite. I'm sorry, episode, I didn't that's say okay. That long. That's no, okay, no, no, uh, that's fine. There's no, there's no, no, no set no, very hard amount felt. of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah. was perfectly mm. fine by me. I yeah. I couldn't have said anything else that would have been like better than that. So thank you. I agree. Yeah. All right. So my favorite episode was the Planet of the Bikers episode because ah. I I freaking love Rob Zombie style animation. <laughs> now uh, I did. I don't know where I heard this, but I heard a rumor that Rob Zombie actually 
guest animated on that episode i don't know if that's true no, no I, yeah no I, I didn't think so no i don't think i don't know where i heard that so well, it's that's a great rumor though i like it I should, not probably, true. I should probably confirm it rather than deny it but you know, <laughs> rob zombie was not rob zombie did not animate that teenage robot yeah i didn't ah, think so dang it awesome. yeah. that, was that would be yeah. so cool Come yeah, on, my, I don't remember. I mean, I don't remember. I'm, I, I can't remember what the, what the uh, influences were there. I know there was some, <laughs> some, some stuff that was drawn. At, um, Bernie Peterson was the board artist on that episode. He's one of our uh, in-house board artists, and he was, uh, he was from the on the show from the beginning to the end, and he was great. Uh, that's another one of my favorite yeah. episodes. I love seeing that the bark, the space bikers are actually. Yeah, I love the space you know, bikers. Basically, plain people during the week. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like normal, normal alien people during the week, and they only really are bikers on the weekend. Pretty, pretty yeah. accurate representation of you know elementary school teachers. Mm, sure. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. Average <laughs> yeah. English teacher. Mm. All right. Yeah, well, we don't want to. Yeah, we, we yeah. don't want to keep uh, too much of your time, but we just want to thank you so much for coming on by. Of Rob. course. Thank I mean, look, you. let me thank you. thank you all for remembering the show, for celebrating the show, for, you know, creating uh, based on the show and for uh, I'm just happy and pleased that there's a community of fans out there. Um, yeah. With you guys being one one of the collectives, so to speak, as you say. <laughs> um uh, so it's a it's a joy to me that the show is not only remembered but celebrated by people uh, like you and um, I'm so happy that uh, 20 years later someone a bunch of someone's still remember the show so mm. thank you for hey. having me on as a guest and um, go back to talking amongst yourself yeah. <laughs> you could you know talk about what you thought of me in person and what a weirdo i am whatever you like as soon as you leave we're gonna start we'll talking listen, schmack no it's a pleasure to meet you all however briefly yeah. yes um, i never i uh, never thought i would ever talk to you ever this was mm. incredible yeah, yeah. 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 well i'm Thanks. glad you think it so. was an honor yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you all. Thank you and, so and, much. And, and I hope that we do have you again as a guest on the podcast sometime in the future. Sure. Oh, that would be that would be great. I would all love right. to come back. Well, as you'll you. see, if you ever see me, I well, you've probably experienced it here. I love to talk, so it's not a problem. <laughs> that sounds great. Talk sure. and talk more and more and more. But now, and now I, I must have now I must have dinner. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Thank Thanks for stopping by, man. Thank you. All right. Well, um, oh, the show's gonna wow. go downhill for me. Yeah. And what is it? Viewer retention goes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 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 no, I we're but, um, we still we still have plenty of more to talk about. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, let, let's finish. Uh, let's finish wrapping up with uh, favorite uh, characters and episodes because I want to get into your project. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's do that, shall we? <laughs> okay. Let's go for it. Well, I want to. I but before we get into it, I do want to preface um, for multiple reasons um, that we are unaffiliated with Nickelodeon, Frederator, anyone. I know we just were had Roberts that you were talking about doesn't know a thing about our project. That's why I was like <laughs> having a little freak out about like, oh my god, we got to have under no, lock and key. Right. We have no communication with anybody like that. It's we're just a bunch of fans, like amateur artists. Go, well, I say amateur because I'm an amateur. I don't know if these guys are professionals, but, uh, oh. <laughs> but I'm we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants, just like trying to, um, yeah, 
just trying to um, express our love and interest to the show and also um, help each other develop our own creative skills and stuff. Mm. So it's, not, it's like nonprofit, unaffiliated with any official studios or anything like that. Completely just fan-made stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to preface. No problem. <laughs> uh, flatteringly enough, though, uh, what was it? We recently found out that like some like like somebody from the OG cast was like, "Oh yeah, I'd love to help out," and then we immediately like freaked out. Like, what? what yeah. Why would they want to help us out? Like, what is this about? <laughs> good, good times, you know. Good times. Yeah. Um, great times that rebooted. Average, average teenage robot moment. <laughs> average rebooted moment. It's just us panicking like our hardest. Yeah. It's pretty that, much no, most yeah, meetings. Like, um, um, it really when we upload is. something. When we upload something, sometimes it's like, ah, this is just a fun little joke. And they're like, oh my God, they love it. Shit, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And, and that's great because um, the fact that you're able to just uh, put your ideas together and if people actually like it, you're like, wait, what? I was just like um, goofing around. I, I didn't mean for that to be like the final product. I thought this would be like the first draft. It's like, no, 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 keep it, keep it. So, I mean, yeah. the, the best parts of, um, you know, a great story or great moments just come from spontaneity. I mean, I, I've heard so many episodes of Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson where they would have voice directors come on by to the show and just talk about, you know, our favorite moments of anything comes not from the script, but comes from the ideas of either the writers or the voice actors or whoever just coming up with like stuff on the spot. And they're like, oh, no, 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 keep going. No, I like the way that this is going. Uh, you know, uh, it doesn't matter the, if you don't follow it to a T. And uh, we like this because um, it just feels more natural natural it feels more genuine it, it's actually more funnier that way so <laughs> yeah I, I i love it when stuff is like that yeah for sure like that's actually a lot of how we handle our writing sessions where it's just like a handful of us, like oh, literally fucking. just tossing everything at the wall like sh like uh, it's like so funny if we did this. makeup shotgun basically where it's like eh, well, it, it sometimes hits sometimes most of the time eh. like what is it we spend like three hours writing and then by the end of it it's like Three jokes from this are kind of funny. Let's see if we can <laughs> use them somehow. <laughs> it's, like waking up, it's like waking up the morning after. It's like, all right, we read the. Oh, I don't remember writing that. Uh, that wasn't. <laughs> uh, who wrote that line? What happened? <laughs> like I, you're you're like, oh, it's it's make, making me think of so many things. Like I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Like, I know exactly what you're referring to. Uh, what is it? Ice cream off the sidewalk? Out of context, like, I don't think anybody would get yeah, that, that was, but, like, that was a wow. some people. You don't need to know, audience. Yeah, oh. you don't need to know <laughs> now, yet. Ice cream, yeah, now I know. That's, yeah, that, they, it's, it's like, uh, it's just something minute. random. Yeah, something completely random. <laughs> Funny, am I right, team? Yeah. Right. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, sorry. Back, did anybody actually have any more favorite episodes characters? I'm so sorry. No, uh, no, no, no. It, it, it's called casual chats for a reason. Oh, okay. All right, so, yeah. Anybody favorite episodes, moments, characters? Ice cream. I'm personally a big mint chocolate chip kind of. Kind of I person, love mint chocolate know? chip. In. Yeah. All right, but uh, my favorite character from the show, I always had a soft spot for the, uh, the crust cousins. Yeah. Because, oh, yes. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Uh, one thing I like about them, they're not really like any of the snobby popular girl type characters on any other show. They're just like, 
you know, they're different. Like one's a fashionista, one's like a like like a ghetto chick, and I I really like that. That that like sets them apart, and I just love their attitude. Like. I don't think I can say the the b word on. No, no, here. no. It's okay. You can. Okay. It's, it's, I don't like they're such like little bitches. I love them. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I think I, you mean they are those bitches. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Like they I don't. Slay. Obviously, I don't condone that kind of behavior in real life, but in fiction, I love it. <laughs> the the, 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 the best the behavior, the 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 actions and behaviors are fake, but the entertainment is real. Exactly. <laughs> yes, they, they don't make you want to like pull off your hair and saying, "Please just get away. I don't want anything <laughs> yeah. to do with you." Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I, always I, a joy and, to see them. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why is because of their performances. Moira Quirk and Cree yeah. Summer just do a phenomenal job of bringing these. Um, you know, crust cousins to life where ordinarily they'll be like, okay, we have the stereotypical fashionista. We have mm. the rich popular girl who's just sno snotty and snooty and just basically just saying that they're better than everyone else. But they just bring so much personality to it. It's like you actually yeah, enjoyed like, them. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of chemistry too with each other. Oh, yeah, they they make a lot of sense. They're, they're cousins. Yeah. yeah. Like, the ones like yeah. this posh British girl and the other ones like uh, the cash me outside girl, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what a description. Outside of their, you know, just terrible actions, they have a personality outside of that too. Which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, that's that's what I like about them, you know? Just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never would have thought that the same person who was the referee on Nickelodeon Guts can play like this sophisticated fashionista who basically is just pushing around everybody saying out of my mm. way i am here please worship me i just thought that that's hilarious <laughs> yeah. she's also she who what else is she and she was in uh skyrim and she's also in hogwarts legacy yes oh. yeah mm. she's she's become a much more prominent voice actress since then yep. yeah she plays the uh the her the herbology teacher that everyone's simping over uh. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I have not played Hogwarts oh. Legacy, so I <laughs> me neither. I am just taking your word. <laughs> yep. Oh, you know, internet's what? Oh. going crazy for her. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'm I legit. I uh, I got a different show on the brain. I I now I know what you're talking about. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Mark, did you Mark? Did you get it? What I? What oh you no. Wow, this is Let, let's move on. Let's move wow. on to this what? next topic. What's happening? Let, let's move next, on. Uh, I next person. I thought you were talking about Owl House. Oh, the Owl House. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a completely different uh, show with a different oh. cast. Hmm. Oh, the, oh yeah, the, Lumity. The, the, there herbolo you go. the herbology there you teacher in that one. Yeah. Like, oh, she played what? <laughs> <laughs> Do not confuse those two. <laughs> All right, so um, anybody else want to share? I would like to share. Go for it. Okay, okay. Um, I think my favorite episode is Mean Over Mother and how Jenny overcomes her limits to defeat Gigawatt, an enemy, an enemy that seemed impossible for her. What I like most is that this thing wasn't just about defeating the villain. Jenny had to grow despite all of the defeats against an unbeatable force. I think that's uh, that was a very powerful message of the, of the episode. Colors and the colors in that one were really cool too, with Gigawatt and all the um, mm. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the color work of the episode is really amazing. Uh, it's done very well. You can like, you can really gauge the sort of danger she feels in like all of the scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and um, one of my favorite characters is Melody. Because she's like Jenny, but she doesn't have any sentimental support or someone. I really would like to see how her charity arc was developed. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your favorite episodes. I think that those are pretty good too, considering that it does bring an interesting dynamic to the show that you probably wouldn't have been able to expect, which I, again, that's what makes the show really interesting is that it always brings something new into the table. What you think it's going to be one thing, but it completely changes direction in another. And I, I, I since he, since he had mentioned melody, it just, it just clicked um, that one of my favorite interactions and jokes in the show was um, the moment Melody and Brad, you know, they walk up back up to Brad's house. And I don't remember what the exact dialogue was, but Melody or one of the two says something about doing something else with their lips. And then oh, Brad man. puts out the trumpet. And <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. That was so good. <laughs> that, is, that singular joke has influenced so much about like what, how we view Brad as a character. I'm like, yeah. okay, so he, so he has hammer space. He can just, yes. think, like, he just like, whip things out when like uh whatever you want a trumpet here you go <laughs> yeah pretty much i was carrying it the whole time oh you don't want it back in the mystery pocket <laughs> <laughs> it's cartoon logic what else he's, he's our go-to guinea pig for like slapstick pretty much it's like that, that's can we make what this so good you can like make him say anything and it's in character yeah <laughs> and it, i always Oh, sorry, sorry. Go Eric, you voice a guy. You you gotta say. Like, yeah, you gotta okay. say something. <laughs> I always thought of Brad as like the personification of the song "Pretty Fly for a White Guy" by The Offspring. Because mm. if you if you listen to some of the lyrics, like it describes him pretty well. Like uh, he's trying too hard and he's not quite hip, but in his own <laughs> mind, he's the dopest trip. <laughs> what? That's, that's wonderful. That's pretty, that's pretty wonderful. accurate. Yeah, that's uh, like spot on. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess a more timely comparison would be uh, he's her Ken to Jenny's Barbie. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he's Kenuff. All right, just came out right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did everybody share their favorite episodes, or are we still continuing? I think we got through everybody. Yeah, I think, I think we, we did. An, an think hour we did. later. <laughs> All right, I guess it's my turn. All right, so yes, yes. You, you pretty much you pretty much just said you know all of my favorite episodes. I mean, Victim of Fashion. You already said Escape from Cluster Prime. I mean, there's really not much for me to add into it other than what you just uh, said. And you know, as for like favorite characters, I mean, you know, you already mentioned about pretty much all of them. I mean, I think that um, you pretty much cemented on why the show is so great and why the show was able to stand out amongst everything else and i think that um i really don't have much to say so yeah cluster prime victim of fashion i mean those are the episodes that are fantastic jenny's a great character you know you have brad vexus i mean everybody yet you guys said it's it's been wonderful so yeah that's, that's pretty much what i have to say about that uh, but yeah, I think that uh, going into our next topic, now let's start talking about the project. So how did oh, this no. come about? Nathan? Oh. You don't want to know? Nathan. Nathan. 
Nathan. In, lo- in the olden times, <laughs> when I was a wee lad. <laughs> Back in Dinkelspoon. Um, um, let's see. I was a middle school student re- going through a nostalgia trip, rewatching his favorite cartoons from when he was a kid. I was like watching, I think it was like Invader Zim. I binged through that whole thing. Martin Mystery, Spectacular Spider-Man. Just going wow. through all these. And almost every single one I watched ended in cancellation. Like story unresolved, not didn't wrap up. Like there's loose ends. And I got angrier and angrier and angrier. That like <laughs> I'm like, damn it. I just want the story to like conclude. And then I move on to the next one. I get angry all over again. So at this, at one point, I just got the idea. You know what? You know what? I'm going to try. I'm just going to start animating. And I'm going to see if I can like make an, like a finale to an, like a episode of a series that like I liked um, and see what happens. And so I tried narrowing it down and whatnot and um, about what styles I could replicate with my, with my uh, style and what was feasible for me. Um, even though I was like totally over, <laughs> over, in over uh, your head in over the head. And I didn't know it yet, but um Eventually, I landed on Teenage Robot, both because of the art style being like so uh, unique and alone, uh, easy to replicate. <laughs> it's, mm. it's pretty once you get the basics down, it's pretty easy to draw on Teenage Robot style. Yeah, uh, a lot of it's just basic geometric shapes. Yeah, yeah, and then once mm-hmm. you get that, and then simplification, retro style. It's like it's, and then uh, reference Art Deco um, constantly, and then yeah, it's yep. pretty. Um, but anyway, um, the the other thing that uh, that attracted me to Teenage Robot was, I unlike other episodes, other series and whatnot, where it was like, well, this, um, there's like, you just need like a finale to wrap everything up and be done. Teenage Robot, I felt like I started to get like, I don't, not only did I think of like a finale or something to it, but I I thought of like, oh, but you could still do this this episode, you could do that episode. Whoa, but we this plot line is still a little unresolved. You can dive more into it. I felt like there was potential, like. Not only did it deserve like a um, a finale, but like I felt like it could last another season or two if like um, and so that's what uh, I started building it up um, and whatnot. Um, and then yeah, but, uh, for about a couple months, I started working on a teaser trailer, um, and then I posted that uh, in July of I want to say 2014, and. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's where it all took off from there <laughs> yeah just it, it all went uh somewhere from there i want to say downhill but not definitely not downhill no yeah but like i was no i legit i was 15 at the time i think yeah. I, I posted that trailer and i'm like <laughs> i'm little 15 year old me like i'm a i'm a sophomore i think in high school i'm like yeah follow me Come with me. We'll make two additional seasons. Come on. <laughs> It'll be easy. It'll be easy. It was yeah. not not easy. No, okay. <laughs> Narrator in brackets. It was not easy. Right. It's not easy. And really, I was actually one of the very first people that actually came into this project back in September. It was like three months after the teaser came out and i actually auditioned you know the website had like this audition process in which you can actually either do like character design work or storyboard or animation or anything like that mm-hmm. my younger self I, I was at that point a sophomore as well like did this little like i i used a mouse at the time for like stuff like 
a storyboard or animation when i did when i did uh digital like traditional and send in the character design thing that was what got me that's what got me into this project and since then i've created helped nathan design some of the characters that would appear in the rebooted project and also helped him with you know with the scripts i think i was the one that you know we want to bring Aunt Rusty and Glenn from like you, you were like one of the you were like one of the like original like cast members that are still around aren't you Nick um, yeah I've, I've been very loyal yeah um and mm. you, i've actually seen some of your character designs and i was like wow i was looking at the date and i was like oh my goodness <laughs> this has been <laughs> happening for a long time 2016 oh my goodness yeah, <laughs> yeah lo looking through that google drive is like so insane especially as like a newer cast member walking through a member. museum yeah i know it is like <laughs> i barely got any what is it at this point like almost six months right um and like looking through all the stuff that these people have done it's like oh my god they how old are they? Yeah. <laughs> Almost a little bit, but like it's really cool to see like the creative uh, change in direction from the very beginning because you could follow like a linear line where it's like, okay, so this is how they wanted to start it. It wanted to be like super big and massive, and then like you realize like as they started like dwindling their and whittling their ideas down to something more like compact and like aging. straightforward. Yeah, mm. like they started. <laughs> They actually started getting more cynical as it went on. They were like, oh, do we have to do this? Uh, no, but 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 you could see like uh, a, a really, really um intense trajectory from the beginning to where we are now, where it's 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 really like again, it, it's a feat. Like it is something like I, I have never really seen in a project ever. But you know, mm -hmm. it it really does it comes together, I feel now, uh, more than ever. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that. And, I, and speaking of which, um, I uh, was given permission, by the way. Uh, thank you very much for that, Nathan. But I would love to showcase the art style, if that's okay for everybody. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you don't mind, I'm going to share this on the screen uh, for all of our viewers who are tuning in. I'd like to um, present to you the uh, concept art for My Life as a Teenage Robot Rebooted. So at least the stuff that we have so far. So mm. I'm just going to pull it up on the screen and you guys can just tell me what the context is. So uh, here's the first one. So yeah, uh, we got this uh, drawing oh, of yeah. a cat concept. So yeah, tell us about this. This is going to be like a Rorschach test. Everybody's going to have a different answer. For Nathan, um, it's going to be like, this is pain. I spent months animating this. I know. <laughs> no, there's a shot. I can I can talk about a shot that was like, but anyway, the, this particular one is the foundationals where we we're all, we got a, all the character designers. Um, and these are just a collection of the sketches. I don't think this is even everything that was made of it. Um, Basically, we had a character that we wanted to introduce um, in at least an activation day, like a, a one-off sort of situation to help out with the um, the perspective of Jenny being a lost kind of stray herself, waking up in a world that like she doesn't understand yet. Um, we wanted like a character to kind of um, uh, subtly uh, parallel her, and that's where we came up with um, this uh, just a stray cat that's like wandering out in the streets of Tremerton. And so we came up. We came up with um, a particular 
um mood what we wanted for the character and then we the, the character designers just went up and just like okay so we this is like what kind of got what we had in mind stray cat kind of rugged beat up what do you think um and they came up with all these different looks and you can kind of see the evolution of it as it kind of goes along um like with the blind eye the whiskers mm-hmm. being bent that was part of my first concept right with the and, cat and then i think uh, yeah atomic geek came up with this like the diamond shape of the head that we all really like so we kept that it was a comp- comment going along uh, and then uh, Mila Mirage, Mila Animations, um, actually had um, a bunch of stray cats that kind of come up to her door all the time. So she took a bunch of pictures of those, and then they're not present here. But um, and then we started looking at their patterns and like, oh, this one's kind of got like this weird uh, um, blotch on its ear. This one is like a- they were all very asymmetrical. So we try to dr- um, pull that into it because it also kind of felt like. Um, you know, it increased the the kind of rugged feel of the of us of the stray. It's not so prim and pristine that like it has exact markings on both sides of the body, which, in hindsight, made it more difficult with cleanup. But again, <laughs> like because you have to make a full turnaround at that point, you can't just cheat it and like flip the image. Um, but yeah, um, and so then we eventually finally got when we got down to the body shape we like. It was just down to the pattern, and I think I. My biggest regret is that we couldn't figure out a way of keeping that helmet kind of look work because I always kind of liked how unique that looked. But the reason why we landed on the the red circle there is because when we wanted when the cat was on screen, we wanted the first thing you look at is the eyes. That's the brightest thing that like when when you notice the cat. Um, so even though I'm, I'm I was sad to let the helmet the helmet kind of look go, um, ultimately I'm I'm. I'm happier for the fact that when that cat walks on the screen and in, in, in the alleyway scene, um, those eyes are the first thing that you your your eyes want to look at. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to turn the next page. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I was talking about, the turnaround, where it's like if you have a character that's asymmetrical, you have to do a full 360 turnaround. You can't just, like, do the trick where you copy and paste and flip. Flip it, yeah. <laughs> so All right. that was the downside of an asymmetrical character. Gotcha. <laughs> Right. So here's the next one. Sasha, you want to talk about this one? That one. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. Fancy seeing this here. Um, this was um, it's not concept art. It's like a beat board that I made. Something like that. It's been a while. This decided to. I am so sorry. That was. That's okay, Nick. Yeah, you're all right. Um, but I, I was going for the feeling of Jenny feeling kind of small and nestled into this alleyway. It's dark, it's wet. And like, she's like, it's just her and the cat, you know? That's like, um, it's like one of, still one of like the first interactions she's having in this world after she's been activated. And I kind of wanted to like, I wanted to mix like the emotions of like, calmness but also like loneliness and feeling small and isolated in this big frightening world all right that actually is really cool especially since you definitely feel the emotion of everything raining which for a lot of animated shows or movies 
it symbolizes that it's a really sad moment. And then you have like these two together trying to like cuddle themselves up. And I mean, you know, for Jenny, I'm sure that she's trying to cover herself, uh, herself up because she's preventing herself from rusting. And then for the cat, trying to get, um, get warmed up so it doesn't get too cold from the rain. So yeah, it, it definitely captures the emotion of that particular picture alone, which I, I really do like. So yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. All right, so uh, we have um, a storyboard slash animatic. So uh, let's just play this off. I, I, I would, you might need to mute it because I think the, the temp music is copyrighted. I think. No problem. More than I likely. Will, yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you want to see it uh, with the music, watch it on YouTube. So yeah. let's watch it. More than likely, it's a Spider-Man track. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So yeah, why don't you explain while it's playing? All right, well, this was this is scene 14 of activation day and yeah it was um it was meant to be because jenny's kind of having this kind of self-reflection moment <laughs> when the cat here walks in cats walking in like eh, i've been through this lightning storm how many ever times in my life and jenny on she knows aliens and monsters and other alien th uh rob other enemy robots she doesn't know what a cat is she doesn't know um these earthbound things because she's not been taught that she's not been programmed that so the first instinct she's got like i don't know what to do about this thing um and this is following up a scene that is came earlier where um she had a kind of a stern talking with uh sierra which is the other character about uh accidentally harming a butterfly and so now she's kind of like self-conscious about i um, i hurt something before i could potentially hurt this thing but it's um it's a moment of trust where she uh, outstretches the arm and lets the cat come to her. Cat smells uh, Sierra on Jenny and cuddles up. And the whole thing, what it's really about is Jenny's really thinking about identity because she's lost and alone in this world just like the cat. And she, again, going off of what was with Sierra, she just had this whole reprimand moment of like XJ9 is not a name. That's just a bunch of letters and a number. Um, so she's kind of thinking about, well, who am I then? Um, and that's what this whole scene was, where it was her feeling lost and alone, seeing that with the cat as well. The cat, though, is more like confident about it. Um, and they have that too little bit of a connection there where Jenny kind of rectifies the moment where she previously harmed the butterfly in the previous scene in the animatic versus now she's learned how to like um, approach things that are unfamiliar to her and not have it turned as out disastrous and then it gives her a little bit more confidence where it's like oh, okay um so let me help let me in terms of identity we can start narrowing it down i like jay we can start with that and then we'll go from there so she's starting to pick her name you know mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and then yeah it's, it's a turning is, point for her character exactly oh, yeah yeah. Um, I, now I now I have to apologize for rambling. <laughs> that was longer than the clip. That's Nathan. what we want. <laughs> I, really, I really do apologize for that noise. No, that was not good. me. Good. What's with the look at the effects test down there? Yeah, I'm in the rain. Look at me in my trash can. Uh, I'm just gonna stay. No, yeah, let me just. Well, yeah, that was. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, because yeah, like what the effects test we just it was a copy and paste of a Jenny. Like I think it was like a, on a model sheet or something. We just oh, we just need a color test real quick. Copy paste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah this okay. background it started as a sketch then it was passed off to sasha monica i should say monica um, monica and then she did uh the color pass um and then we tweaked it some more based on it, uh, it was based on her uh, color beat board stuff and then 
um, did the effects test where we were like, okay, so the rain, like how we're going to animate the rain. How is it like going to, like the clouds going to be placed in here. Um, and then eventually it comes out with the final background where we got all the nice pretty lights of the, of the um, window and all the other ambient lights and stuff like that. Mm. Very pretty. And that was because the, the the cat was designed before with the colors in mind before the cat the the scene was. So we had the base colors because like you know how Jenny's base colors are turquoise, but you can flip it on a dime, right? You don't need, um, for whatever reason you mood. want. Exactly. That's the one of the beauty beautiful things about Teenage Robot is that you can just go with any color you want, and depending on the what scene or what the mood is in the scene. Um, so when with the cat, we went back to the drawing board at least for this scene 14 because we were like okay we want that's the regular colors but for this scene we want it to be a little bit more like grim a little bit more moody so let's throw in some blue or something you know like in the color palette and then yeah so this was uh and then this is an animation compositing test oh good look at that again i'm gonna mute it due to possible right, copyright. I, it's been a while since I actually watched these, so I don't I actually don't know if it's like, <laughs> just, better to be safe than sorry. I know. Man. This is gonna be great. <laughs> it is We're gonna do something great, guys. Oh, that's that looks familiar. Shot. That's the shot. Oh, that's oh, the damn shot. <laughs> it's a shot number three. Shot number three, yes. I did I... some of the rough animation as well. I actually oh, don't is... think I've seen this yet, so this looks really good. Yeah. Oh, it does. Thank you, Nathan. And no, this was and this is like this is just a short collection of those. Like we got more shots done at this point. That I think we that was yeah. exported back in the I think July of 2022. I think that was that that demonstration was exported. <laughs> we, we're we've progressed since then. We, we have. But, um, um, but yeah, that one shot, shot number three, was the bane of my existence for this because it's it's. <laughs> It's not that rough anymore. It's more refined in the um and whatnot. It's just there was a lot going on in that shot. <laughs> right. This this man killed himself trying to animate that cat. Had to revive and him several times while he was working did, on that shot. It, there were multiple nights where he was just like, "I hate this cat. I hate this cat. I want to get it done with." Ah. <laughs> we were like, now you guys were mentioning Sierra throughout the entire discussion, so. <laughs> Now yeah. I want to show who Sierra is for anybody who is interested in learning about her. So I'm just going to put that on the screen once again. So yeah, this is Sierra. So please uh, explain it uh, to those okay. who are looking at this. Sierra was, she was, in, she, we came up with her character before we came up with a cat. It was so early on because like I mentioned earlier um, when, uh, Robin was here when we were talking about like episodes and whatnot what we wanted to cover we thought to ourselves what better way of introducing all the characters again than than to like introduce them as if they've never come on the spot before in a prequel episode where it's like what was Jenny's first day like as an act like activated um activation day um and so we had to come up with um a character um, because Wakeman wasn't going to do it because Wakeman uh, was building Jenny because she wants to protect the planet. She needs a superhero robot to uh, stop monsters and aliens and stuff like that. So she wasn't going to teach Jenny at all about 
what being human is like or what it's like to um uh be in the real like the quote unquote the real world of just day-to-day human life who's gonna do that we can't do brad because they cannot and or tuck because they canonically meet um five years later um same with sheldon um so those three characters immediately out um so we had to come up with a character. Okay, so if they're not going to do it, who is? And that's where we came with Sierra. Sierra originally actually started as like a like a straight up like four year old toddler, <laughs> and then as we wrote her character and developed her more, she slowly became okay, a little bit older, a little bit older. Now she's like eight or nine years old because we've centered on a character that's like, um, we wanted to like a little bit of everything of well, a little bit of Brad, a little bit of Sheldon, a little bit of Tuck, and we kind of all they all kind of accumulated into this one character sierra um where you can kind of see in these early preliminary designs we um were trying out some different head shapes and stuff like that and we eventually sat decided upon um she's got essentially um sheldon's kind of teacup style head uh she's got brad's red hair and then she's got tuck's kind of general stature uh, like i'm kind of on the short side um and her a whole character purpose is she's this little um, girl who's super enthusiastic about uh, superheroes and um, protecting the innocent, saving the day. Um, she's her little uh, T-shirt. There is um, we try to keep it simple for animation's sake, but it's like the logo of her favorite superhero, and she carries around the action figure of that superhero everywhere she goes. So when she finds Jenny. Oh my God! It's the best day of her life. It's like, oh, it's a freaking crime-fighting robot. Oh my God! Um, and, and it's Iron Giant of, vibes. Right. It's exactly. Um, and through Sierra, that's where Jenny starts to learn about people and humans and um, what it's like to be a, a human and what she enjoys from that. Um, and then yeah, so I think the next one is the um, the cleanup. Oh no, the expression sheet. Yeah, this is just fun, like testing stuff out with her expressions and whatnot. I love these. <laughs> yeah, I like the one where she looks like a gremlin on like oh, yeah, the, a... the 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 haha. Oh, yes, the I, far I, right. I, yeah. I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the best one. one. Yeah, that one. That's the cleanup of her base colors. Again, trying to throw in a little bit of everything of where um, of all the main cast of the original series, even even a little bit of Jenny's turquoise blue in there, um, kind of round things out. Yeah, I see. We have a good uh, chunk of purple. Uh, that's very good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, this is this color. Yeah, I, I really do like the uh, the colors in this. It, it does really pop, and it makes it completely stand out, which you know, you want to do because you don't want everything to just blend in, which is uh, again something that is crucial to anything. So yeah, I'm just gonna show off one more set of pictures that you shared, and uh, then we can just uh, move on to some other questions. So I'm just gonna again share this right here. So we have some extras. So right here is just no. the background. No. <laughs> you did a good job. Oh, no, you did, did a not. good job. Did a good it, job. Looks good. it looks exactly like the old show. You did a great job. It's literally no. perfect. 
I disagree. This is where compositing comes in. I I do I can do I can do a better job than this. I, I really yeah, George put a realistic uh, texture over it. This is what mm -hmm. we want. <laughs> I need. I, there's so much more that uh, I can do to make this better. That's I, normal. I I think when I, it's done, it will turn out great. However, right now, I do not like this at all. The artist's curse. <laughs> the artist's curse. I, sure. as, the, as the person who asked them to do this background, I think it looks good. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's in this. It's in this podcast. So, yeah, <laughs> these these are wonderful. I love these designs. Yeah. Oh uh, yes. Oh my God. I loved how these came out. Um, yeah. Oh, there's each one has a story. Okay. Yeah. So like, okay. So uh. I, I did the original designs for these, but and then Nathan kind of refined them into the, more of the teenage robot style. I think uh, I did as well. I think I yeah, did a yeah. couple of. And uh, I think the original idea was that uh, I was trying to show that like Jenny can actually like wear clothes because like like Victor the, the fashion uh, and. I think uh, the season three episode, um, the one that has uh, Trevor in it, you know, where, you know, Jenny can either transform to different clothing or she can actually wear some clothing, you know. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the outfit changes we had planned were like Jenny transforming different outfits. And uh, I, I felt like that was both like that was going to take a uh, long like a lot of effort to animate and also it kind of undermines the lesson she learned in victim of in victim of fashion so i i just thought of some outfits that she could wear that are like actual clothes like that she just like feels like wearing actual clothes just for the hell of it mm. like just to fit in so this first one here pajama jenny for our that, episode called Nightmare on the Railways, I kind of brought back the Farah haircut that Nick mentioned, and it's basically just an oversized t-shirt with some little cat slippers. And then uh, the next one is the uh, the skater Jenny. Yeah, it's a kind of like a beanie thing going on, and then the jacket tied around the uh waist and the in the invader zim shirt <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah I, I was just looking at that i was like that's not what i think it is <laughs> it is yeah we always yeah. like there's a couple of backgrounds like that too where we like to sneak in a little i think there's a brad um background somewhere where hey arnold is snuck in the background somewhere like right like i if think you look... i have yeah <laughs> didn't, didn't someone know. like uh storyboard like a a background where like one of the like, like there's a, a fire, and one of and one of the cluster bots looks like Mr. Krabs, who was on fire or something. I don't remember. Oh, that was me. Oh, oh that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was I was I was uh, making an animatic for um one of the fight sequences, and one of the and as a joke, I just uh it was like a half like half a second frame split second if you pause at the right moment it would just be it's just this explosion and then you'd see mr krabs 
on fire screaming. I also very sneak very tragic, us. very tragic. I also sneak Among Us characters in in, in just every now and again. Uh, we're gonna need to find those and uh, delete. We need to get rid of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's 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 important to the plot you can't get rid of them <laughs> no i won't yeah, say too yeah, much yeah, can't yeah. spoil like the ending but you know you just gotta keep the among us ones in okay <laughs> we'll, we'll find we'll figure something out okay we'll, yeah and we'll then rewrite the entire story if we have to <laughs> <laughs> oh. and then okay then uh hippie jenny is probably my favorite one it's based on an idea i had that wasn't in the original script but then i handed it off to nathan and he finalized it so i guess it's confirmed now <laughs> yeah canon because yeah because each one of these are like it's not just us like oh what if she had this style oh what if she had this style each one pertains to the episode in question like uh pajama jenny for instance nightmare on the railways it's an episode where she doesn't really like go to sleep that much. <laughs> it's like she gets like real tired and like <laughs> uh, skater party, Jenny. She's going to a party or something like we try to like experiment with like because um, we all like victim of fashion so much. What if we can have like events or like in these little uh, pocket moments of uh, where we can experiment with uh, style and stuff like that? Hippie Jenny, she's visiting Aunt Wisteria in out in the um in the outskirts, right? So she needs like she's got like the 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 um the umbrella up top that acts as like a she's got the solar panels that she can't plug in anywhere and recharge, so she's using the sun, um that sort of thing. Um, I really like, love the pigtails twisted into helixes. Yes, that's yeah, that was that was fun. It's, it's very creative. <laughs> Also, I just remembered a really funny joke we came up with the episode, but I'm not going to spoil it because <laughs> well, I, I mean... want it to be a surprise. <laughs> well, I don't know, but <laughs> if we if we end up doing it, it I, it's going to be uh freaking hilarious. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's kind of um, I don't I don't I'm I'm I feel like we're rambling again, but I because we get excited about this. Oh stuff, boy! But. Mm. Um, like, like I said, mm -hmm. the show is called mm -hmm. Casual Chats for a reason. Ramble right. all you want. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying. I mm -hmm. had something, and now it's uh, vacated mm -hmm. my mind. Um. Oh, you you were just uh, talking about the design of the hippie, right? Um. Okay, I guess I was just going down the line. Uh, like Beach Jenny is based off of an. Uh, I think it was, we went 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 towards 1950s swimsuit wear. Yeah, that was our friend Patrick who did most yeah. of the base design for that. Yeah, great concept. He left the project a while back ago, but he was a great concept artist. Um, came up with all sorts of great stuff. Um, and then, then it was uh, then... Fancy Jenny. We had a debate. <laughs> we yeah. still didn't like. We still didn't figure out. Like we were pretty certain on the dress, but Ooh. you can see we were still like, oh, the hair. Mm, maybe like she's got a flower because we wanted like a. We almost wanted like a hybrid of like nineteen uh, twenties flapper kind of style with the headdress. Um, I then, think we ended up going with Nick's design for the hair. Yeah, I think I, I it's it was it was a while back, but yeah, yeah, um, and that was all just for an opera episode. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. All right, we have one more video to play, and again, oh, yeah. um, you know, I'm gonna mute it just in case. But no, um, I, I know you you can yeah you're gonna mute this one too. Yeah, like I said, want to be safe than sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
Uh, I, I, mm, I thought that was the breakdown one. Oh, well. <laughs> but um, actually, there is one. Um, we uh, be, People in the crew here were messaging me about other stuff they wanted to show. So if you, um, in the um, behind the scenes drive that I did share, uh, there are four additional things to check out if we want to do that. Um, Absolutely. Let's, let's do that right now. Uh, there was another comp showcase. This one by Mark. Hello. Um, <laughs> just wait, going wait, over more of that animation wait. stuff. Here you go. Uh, this has no audio. Yeah, yeah. It's very quick. And it's very pretty. Yes. Yeah, I'd paid money to see that. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> animation is unfortunately what it is. It takes forever to do. Oh, get like one right, well, that was, I mm. think that was the last video. The rest of it is just concept art. So again, right. if you want to share the stories on the behind the scenes stuff, then go for it. So awesome. here's the first one. Yes. Oh yeah. Yo. We've we've Man. talked about this one. We've talked about this guy publicly, but this is the first time we're actually showing off the um a more of a polished design to him. Uh this is I, he's not labeled anywhere right here. It's um in because this is honestly it's a color sketch, but this is if you look closely, it's all sketchy still. It's not clean lines yet. So um that's where we label the the but with the all the info and stuff like that. But uh, this is Skullis. Um, like Sierra, where we wanted a character that um, to uh, introduce Jenny to the human world, we wanted uh, um, an alien cluster drone uh, to introduce Jenny to the cluster um, because it couldn't. We had we were going down the list. It couldn't be Smitus because Smitus and Jenny don't meet canonically until later on in the show. Mm -hmm. um, Vexus has yet to even meet Wakeman at this point, so we need to, um, it might not be the best idea to for them to meet before she meets Wakeman and they establish their history. Um, and Krakus isn't too, isn't enough of a threat to be <laughs> the introduction uh, to be like the introduction yeah. to the cluster. So we need, we needed a new character, and that's where we, I think Skolis was legit the first character we ever came up with. Um, period for teenage robot i think he goes all the way back to um the beginning 2014, 2014 the beginning yeah. uh, he didn't look like this in the beginning he went through a, a bunch of design passes but we're eventually landed on this um and he's just like we wanted um a centipede because what we have this the uh the characteristics of what uh vexus is a wasp um smitus is a hercules beetle uh and then Krakus is a cricket so we wanted something like wildly like different in silhouette to them um so we were going aiming for something okay how about some these characters are kind of uh tall and proud and vex uh, that's like vexus and then we have smitus who's the big box and then we have um Krakus, who's kind of this hunch over little gremlin what about like this kind of s-curve style snake-like looking thing that can like lower himself to the ground like a centipede and squirt scurly uh scurry around um and it also helps that i grew up uh, i've grown up in um uh gilbert arizona and we uh you know they're centipedes so <laughs> there is that little that little um additional um influence into it so yeah 
and that's Skullis, and he's like the main baddie of um, Activation Day, essentially. And then we have this one. Uh, Seb was should talk about this one. Cause... Our favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is Zuhanara here has um, some really interesting history. Uh, oh, yeah. She, uh, so, and, and I love her so much because of um, what she represents and how she represents it. Um, she is, she is a trans character. Um, Epic. and we, we absolutely love her for that. Um, worked hard also, on your... <laughs> we, we, she went through some of the craziest concept, uh, changes. They're very, very drastic. I don't know if they're in this compilation, uh, this compilation, um, but she started out just as this spider, just this massive, just, just this crazy spider. I didn't even come up. I didn't even come up with the original uh, concept art. Um, that goes to Lucas Garcia, who is unfortunately no longer on the project. Um, he decided to leave. Um, but but Zuhanara started off as just this crazy abomination of just parts, all like a, like shaped as a spider. Mm -hmm. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and then we have the idea, you know, tone tone her down, obviously, because we can't. We can't possibly animate that. Um, <laughs> Where's the budget? And, um, there, there were other elements that I probably shouldn't get into because that leads into crazy, crazy spoilers that may or may not happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but once we had set those aside, we decided to keep her more grounded and, I guess, humble her some uh, because she. She was going to start off, uh, I guess, a lot bigger um, right. thematically, but the story's not about her. It's about Jenny and her rivalry with Vexus. Um, so instead, and we, as you can see, we kept the spider form, um, but you also, you also see that she has a more humanoid stance that doesn't really scream spider. So she's actually based off of the death head hawk moth um, in her more humanoid stance. Um, and that also plays into her trans themes, um, a moth who wants to be a spider and ultimately got that dream. Uh, and it's, 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 a, it's, it's really, it's really something that we're all insanely proud of. Uh, just just because she has gone through uh, some of the most drastic changes throughout. Like mm -hmm. we worked really really hard on her, um, and you can even see, uh, like in in the little trans flag uh, in the center there, you can kind of see her um, her color, color. yeah, uh, kind of play into play into that kind of uh, thing. They're they're definitely edited colors, you know, they're toned. Right differently but they still carry that uh that thematic um and it's really nice seeing a powerful um trans character uh acting as you know this this glorious just entity mm -hmm. uh, because that's what she that's what she feels like she's um uh and themes those themes aside she is a um what was it? Uh, I guess, I guess, sort of a rival to Krakus. She invents things that are much more competent than than his own, um, 
and and you'll just you'll we'll see later um why she's not present why she's in this episode or not in this episode uh, but in this uh why she's here and not in the original series right yeah right essentially. yeah um, yeah i don't want to say too much spoilers on but, but yeah I, I i will i, I want to like um build off of some of these points though like um uh, one of the coolest things, because what clicked with Zuhanara, she did start off, like Seb said, as this giant hulking spider. Um, and we loved, because what we wanted from her as a character, we essentially thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had a character who was like a dark reflection of both Jenny and Dr. Wakeman herself, um, in that um, she's all the trans themes that comes with Jenny Wakeman, and we can talk about that at some point, too, because I think it's very essential to the show. But on top of that, it's this, um, she's essentially Krakus if Krakus was competent. Um, <laughs> uh, she's the um, the mad scientist engineer behind the entire cluster armada, that she's the one behind the scenes. If there's like some cool weapon that Vextus or Smytus is using, or like a new foot, new type of foot soldier that comes out of the woodwork, Zuhaner is behind it. Like that's... Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Krakus is the one with all the little gadgets and gizmos, like the little uh, nanobots that are crawling everywhere and their little remote controls and stuff like that, because that's Krakus' little uh, chapter. Zuhana is the big picture stuff, the the, the armadas, the um, uh, drone types that like come out of the woodwork and, like I said, all the weapons and stuff. But we had a pro and so we loved the idea of her being a spider, but we had a problem with that. And it was it's actually a rule we kind of bent with Skullis is that the cluster are meant to be insects, not um, arthropods or arachnids. So we're like, oh, it'd be so cool if she was a spider because web making and like, it's like you can use all the little arms. Um, and so eventually we can, well, what's what's an insect that also weaves uh, webs and stuff like that, or um, in this case, silk. So we want moth, um, but we still really, really miss that spider kind of aesthetic. Until we uh, one day, I forgot it was either me or Seb. We were just traversing all the different types of moths there are out there, and I kid you not, there is something called a spider moth, and that's and that moth whole defense um, system is mimicking the look of a spider, and it's like, boom, click. <laughs> it's all um, coming together. It all came together, and then we were like, that's 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 Zuhanara right there. She's the moth that wants to be the spider. Um, that's that's our Zuzu. Um. And yeah, and yeah, I think that's. Uh, she's a great character to write. Uh, she's right. a lot of fun. Um, she's very fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh another, yeah, this this crazy exploration of the of the spider, kind of like showing her in her like in a little workshop, kind of like Ch -ch 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 -ch, with all the little leg limbs and coming all, all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank God he didn't show the thing that me and Sasha did. <laughs> what did we do again? <laughs> Making me scared. Uh, what could y'all not it, do? It, it wasn't. It wasn't intended for rebooted anyway, so we don't need to worry about it. <laughs> I I was just getting a kind of worried because because uh 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 Nathan said uh like it was stuff that was sent to him, and because we sent it to him, I thought that he was gonna. I thought it was gonna be shown for some reason, but there is one I sent um. Sasha wanted to show off a beat board. Um, I think uh, did that come through by any chance? Ooh. 
Ah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, I, yeah. I wanted to save this one as well. So as soon as you guys were done uh, talking about uh, Zuhara, so yeah, this is the this is the last one, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I did the background and like the colors on this one, and um, the person who uh, and like I collaborated with someone, which we did a lot on the beatboards, and he did the the characters. He did Jenny. He did Sierra. He did the butterfly, and. I just thought it would be nice to like get his work into because he's very skilled and he's very talented and um he's made some very like he's done he's had like very great contributions to the project too mm. yeah and then this is just another one of those um this one's still in the early stages this is we were talking about that bu- a butterfly scene and this is that moment um Jenny's first introduction to like if I want to put on my artsy fartsy director hat right um this is Jenny's introduction to innocence and we're gonna strip it away (laughs) (laughs) Uh, here we go I want to mention something real fast about the butterfly right yeah go for it um I got the honor of scoring that scene um and that was that was that was my first that was the first uh like task that i i did uh that was the first uh like thing i completed it was scoring uh that that moment and um i thought it would be creative to name that piece uh the butterfly effect because we are we're all familiar with uh michael michael giacchino puns (laughs) um we're all familiar with the butterfly effect. You know, the simple flap of the wings can change the course of time itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that to um, to get into Spider Verse spoilers, um, I guess that is uh, Jenny's canon event. <laughs> well, so if <laughs> yeah. if that didn't happen, oh, maybe the rest bro. of the show wouldn't have happened. Oh, <laughs> true, like, I can see that perspective. Yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think that's uh, everything we have for uh, behind the scenes that we could so, show yeah. concepts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that, that wish, looks great. I wish by we the way, had more. I wish we had more. It's just we've been so busy pre- prepping for the 20th anniversary. So I just like, uh, uh, what do we got to show? Now it's moving too. Right, of yeah. course. So can you like hint on when possibly we could be able to see the final product of this? Oh, I don't. That's a, that's a question. That is a question we get every single time we do a live. Like we have we do live stream kind of podcast chats on our YouTube channel. We got that every time, and our our um our answer every time is like, uh, we don't know. <laughs> We're working on it. We don't have we don't like I said we we don't have a budget we don't have anything like that. we don't really our, have like hard deadlines or anything no. like that and who and without a budget I would feel it's it would be irresponsible for me to set hard deadlines like that yeah exactly I, I I can't if I'm if we're doing this all for just for fun and for and no budget for free how can I sensibly say okay you have to get this done by this specific date or else. Or else, or else, or else, what, Nathan? What are you gonna do? Or else he turns into Brett, unless, or else he turns into Benson and fires everyone. You're fired! Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, so that's like, um, it's without a budget. It's meant to. We keep it casual. We keep it um, friendly, and you know that's a reason why we've been going on for so many years, honestly. But um. 
I wouldn't have it. Any, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it any other way if it was if we had no budget. It was. Uh, I can't. It would not be in good faith of me to in in hard, set hard deadlines like that and expect people to put their um, treat this as an actual job versus the stuff that they actually get paid for in real life. Now, you know. So now, um, the uh, the thing that I think is really important to address is that uh, because this is an animated series. Um, it's really, really hard to find people who are willing to right. animate or storyboard or make animatics just in general for free like that. Uh, and it's that's and I think that's part of the reason why it's uh, it's it's moving at a snail's pace. Well, uh, yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's like it's, I wouldn't also say that it's like hard to find people or it's like it's just like. You know, um, we've had a lot of people come and go, but that's not, and it's not any animosity towards those people. It's just like you know, naturally people gravitate to um, uh, what drives their um, passions, what they're interested in. Yeah, right, exactly. So it's not like um, we're like actively seeking. You gotta work, uh, gotta work for us, and you gotta treat this as a job or anything like that. It's more so like, hey, you want to have good time have be uh, uh join us be friendly uh we're gonna help each other out develop our art skills if this project kind of speaks to you that's where we're like come on in if not yeah. like like we we actively dissuade people from joining if they're expecting like if it's like a job application or it's like oh it's like a great uh source of income or something like that or something no, mm -hmm. no we dissuade no. that completely um yeah. if anything like uh we have some people who are here solely for like to add some work into their art portfolio you know like right. uh, this is a really good like projects like this like let's and say a reanimated or a rebooted in this case mm -hmm. uh, are really really great for starting to develop your skills as an animator and really showing them off so that you can you know potentially get something like a job offer further later on whenever you enter that realm of freelance work trying to look for studios who are like oh let's yeah you know what i saw that you were in that rebooted thing ah <laughs> that looked great why don't you work for us you know so and hopefully some people can get a job and I'm really glad you mentioned that because mm. it's, it doesn't just apply to um, the visual arts. Um, I have some interesting, uh, a, a quick interesting story about how this project has in influenced uh, my course of life. Um, because I've had the opportunity to work on scoring some of these scenes and improving my music along the way, I have actually caught the attention of some <laughs> pretty... I. I guess pretty big people, I guess. Um, it, it was already just fantastic getting to chat with uh, Rob Renzetti. Um, but I'm also, I'm also, I guess, mutuals with um, both Anshay Rosman and Kara Talvi, who both scored um, Apple TV's Prehistoric Planet, arguably the best dinosaur documentary to have ever um been produced mm -hmm. and the only reason why i was i managed to not only get in contact with them but become mutuals with them is because this project has given me the opportunity to improve and have something to show uh that's worth showing yeah, yeah i i think that's fantastic considering that something that you are passionate about is eventually going to help you get better and eventually even 
find opportunities to do, you know, great things that is beyond that, what you were expecting. Like I started doing my blog and podcast like over 10 years ago because I was in a quarter life crisis. And it was something that I was going through at the time where it was like the great recession. I recently graduated from college. I had no job, no money. I thought that my life was pretty much over. And so my best friend and I, we decided, let's just do a blog and talk about our favorite things that we grew up with. And, you know, then it spun over to doing the podcast and then it spun over to um, just doing a whole bunch of interviews with different people and then getting uh, a hold of um, so many amazing guests that we've had on the show talking about various topics. And then eventually it just spun off into what we have today. And it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for my interest with things. And nowadays, you know, I, I, I decided to go back to school and decided to pursue a career more in communications because of my stuff um, online. And, you know, now I'm working, you know, slowly to getting into what I want to do. And it wouldn't have been for my podcast and for my blog, if not for doing what I'm doing now. So yeah, I think that if you're able to continue with uh, all the hard work, eventually people are going to notice you and they'll be like, yeah, I really do think that your work is great. You know, we work in this industry. You want to talk about something and yeah, you never know what mm-hmm. <laughs> a passion project yeah. can lead into that. That's what I'll say. For you sure. Never, ever know. Cause it, cause that, cause that sure snuck up on me. Uh, cause I just, e- I just emailed both Kara Talvi and, Anche Rosman just one day like hey can I intern for you like no you can't intern because we're not we're not taking interns at the moment but your stuff does sound great <laughs> I think um, and it just think... it all just takes off from there okay. it's it, it, it it's it's an opportunity it's like half missed uh but sometimes even the half missed stuff like you still have stuff that's that's working it is working so just Keep, keep going, keep going, keep doing, doing what yeah, you love. I think, and I think one of the best examples of it is, um, I think James is the best one to talk about. Do you want to talk about how rigging uh, yeah. that Jenny model, what it led to? There you <laughs> go. Yeah, so, um, I, uh, so I'm working on Teenage Robot, uh, rebooted as one of the 3D uh, modelers and animators just to help the guys out with creating like references for them to use so they can draw over the top of it. Uh, or used for like particularly complex action scenes. And uh, one of the things uh, that we had that we need is a Jenny model and we need a Jenny rig. And so I made, uh, I modeled and made my own Jenny rig. Um, And then I added that to my portfolio and that's good enough for me to uh, become an intern at Animal Logic uh, in Sydney. So like, yeah, (laughs) you're right. Yeah, it's, um, I think, uh, an important thing to realize is just make stuff. Um, <laughs> just, just, just make do stuff. it. You know what? Just get it over with. <laughs> Seriously, people. Are, I feel like, like I feel like do. a lot of people are, are like are so closed mind, like closed down by like, oh, I, I'm going to do something eventually. It needs to be perfect. Exactly. Uh, don't let it. 
don't don't let that get in the way nathan uh, <laughs> nathan <laughs> nathan okay. Okay. all you gotta do is animate the cat you know get out there <laughs> just do it all right <laughs> this is our uh, six three right this month just don't like the dialogue mark we can make it better <laughs> just touch the speech and start doing your worst impression Oh my goodness. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh work um uh join projects like these uh to give you an excuse to make things. It's great. It worked mm -hmm. for me. Uh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Then, well, I I know I always have to say this disclaimer, but always of course remember to put your um your life, your your school, your if you're in school, um actual jobs, paid jobs, always put that stuff first because that's always more important than um the hobby stuff that you do on the side. Um Unless you don't have a job or you don't go to school. Like, or, like, or you don't like have us. a life. Like us. Yeah. Once, you start, yeah. once you start getting paid to do the stuff you're doing as a hobby, then you focus 100% on that. <laughs> yeah, after that. <laughs> once you're there, you've you've made it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I always found it very interesting about that some people have the stigma that if you're doing something that is not making a profit or is not getting you to a specific part in your, you know, like your creativity or your, or your career or your passion or whatever, they think that it's just a waste of time. But I mean, look where, where it ended up for you guys in which you did what you love and you're getting recognized for it. A lot of people are really looking forward to whatever that you guys are doing. And it, it's just basically a combination of just a bunch of fans who love a particular show that came out 20 years ago. And you want to see more of it because you just loved it that much. And I think that's pretty admirable to say the least. And it, it's just great because usually when people would be saying like, you know, it's, it's long gone, it's over. Why do you even want to bring it up anymore? The people who've long since created it have moved on to other things, but I, I mean, that's just, that's just the thing is that if you bring it back into people's, you know, uh, conscious, then it'll be like bringing in the idea that, Hey, there is more to this. I mean, look at what happened with like, um, you know, when Hey Arnold was being reran on the 90s or all that, we got the Jungle movie. And then eventually we got Static Cling for Rocco's Modern Life. And then we got Enter the Florpus. And yeah. we've gotten a lot more mm. of those sh movies because of fans bringing up awareness again. And even for a new generation of people who never even grew up with it because they were either too young or maybe they missed out on it. But I mean, hey, they were the, the partially the ones who brought recognition to it in the first place. And I think that's great. I think that a particular show, movie, any type of media shouldn't just stick to one generation who grew up with it. It should belong to everybody. And this project, I think, is going to be one of the bases on why that something as great as Teenage Robots shouldn't be forgotten. Thank you so much for those kind words. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Now, speaking of, um, you know, fan bases, I, I definitely want to talk to Jack about this. And yes. I'm sure that you have a lot of stories yeah. about, like, um, the fan base of Teenage Robot. I'm sure that you probably yep. had your experiences of seeing, like, old fan bases and new fan bases and how it was able to grow. I mean, especially for Teenage Robot, which went through a rough period, at least here in America. I know in other countries they were able to see it a little bit easier while here it 
aired the first two seasons just fine, but then season three, we had to wait several years for it to come out, and not a lot of people knew about it, and so it just kind of like tanked, you know, view viewership-wise, so... And then eventually, you know, people started getting more into it when they saw episodes on YouTube. And I'm sure that Tumblr was also a major help with it with the art styles. So, yeah, I'd like to know from your um, experience and expertise in this, Jack. So please uh, share with us. Okay. Uh, well, the uh, Teenage Robot community started back in uh, 2003 with a, a small little uh, blog page uh, that was organized by fans before the... Uh, uh official uh teenage role blog where they would like uh release um uh yeah the teenage role blog was something where they'd release like behind the scenes information about the show and that's where we get a lot of uh, information that we cover in uh, fan base videos but like fast forward uh past the cancellation of the show and things kind of go quiet there for a while right um yeah eventually uh yeah there there were all sorts of different communities that came up um, i sprung up on facebook uh in 2016 uh that's that's when i uh, created fan base and there were there were little tiny uh like uh, separated teenage robot communities on facebook at the time but the problem was um why why were we separating into like little groups of like 50 when we could all come together into like a giant group of uh, 2000 i think it ended up being on uh, facebook and uh, I, I just kind of uh, took the initiative to, uh, like, reach out to people in those groups and move them all towards one thing. Um, eventually, uh, that exploded, uh, thanks to uh, some people helping me out with the YouTube channel. Um, that That's proven to be a very, very uh, helpful thing to uh, encourage people to come together on the Discord server that me and Nathan run. Um, I... I don't know how many people are on that now. I, th I think we I must am, be getting close I'm to 3,000. Too I'm, many. I'm, look I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Um, 2600. Yeah, wow. 2600. And, um, between uh, his YouTube channel and my YouTube channel, we must be getting close to uh, 40,000 subscribers. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's been a journey, and I, uh, I credit any success that I've had to the people that I've worked with. And, uh, I, I really appreciate a uh, Teenage Robot rebooted for even, uh, uh, considering to uh, bring me onto this podcast and uh, talk with you because what they're doing in my opinion is significantly uh, more special than what I am like what I'm doing is uh, reminding people about uh, like uh, little facts about the show that uh, might have been harder to uh, dig up uh, without my aid but uh, yeah what they're doing is they're uh, continuing the show like whether or not that's official that that's irrelevant right they're they're putting more eyes on the teenage robot. They're introducing it to more people, and I I really appreciate their their effort. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that um, I think we should start wrapping things up to kind of like close um, our discussions of my life as a teenage robot. So if you guys have any final words to say about either the show itself or the project or anything else, then go for it. Um. I. I. Shoot, is my internet doing okay? Uh, no, you're fine. You're fine. No, we can hear you. You're fine. Uh, I I wish I could have gotten to like thoroughly thank um Robert and Zeddy whenever he was here, um, mm -hmm. like how uh Nick had had done, uh, mm -hmm. because it's seriously this show has done so much for so many people and. I mean, he really deserves to to hear uh, 
how what kind of influences uh, it, it's had on people and just the amount of change that it's been it's been doing um it's it's seriously just been such an incredible journey and especially like leading up to events like this it's such, it's really such an honor yeah i think that as well like when you know when i first came into the projects of Danish robot buddha back in september of 2014 you know i was going through somewhat a similar phase as jenny was you know trying to fit in into high school and everything and then here's this project that is a fan continuation of the show where we are trying to out every given idea on how to continue on with the show and i learned a lot of stuff from that and if it wasn't for um, the show itself you know the my art wouldn't have improved you know it, it the art show itself is just so wonderfully crafted and like even with the character designs being upgraded for season two you know a lot of the elements that made the show unique is still there it's just added on top of that and really the story itself of Jenny trying to fit in just really really captivated people i think yeah and, it's, it's um you can tell it's really had like an effect on a lot of people of helping people understand how that they can like fit in and stuff like that oh yeah and, like okay. uh, but yeah <laughs> yeah uh, sorry i didn't mean to cut no, you no yeah i think one of the most like um we only lightly talked about this a little bit but um i think even nowadays what um what continues to drive me to keep going of uh, like just finding new things of like what this show touches upon what can be explored further um big one um jenny's entire story is can be looked upon as a, an experience of uh any trans person out there um because even though like um if jenny jenny didn't particularly start out um um born uh, a boy and transitioned to a girl but she did start as a robot and is now trying trying to uh, uh, see herself or be seen as just a regular um teenage girl with that can fit in with the crowd um and to the point of her changing her name uh and asking her parent to stop calling her um her old name xj9 and to only refer to her as jenny um to the point of she has body image issues where she looks at herself in the mirror and she like hates what she sees and to the point um oh what, there was another one that was like that was like a like oh yes there was even an episode um what was it called what was the name of the episode it was the the with the one with travis and the the, the boy who is afraid of robots what was that oh episode? yeah that guy um but, Weapons, uh, weapons of, of mass distraction. distraction. Yes, thank yes, you. Yes, that's the episode I was thinking of too. Weapons of mass distraction. Um, literally, I, I blew my mind because it was just I was just like um I forgot I was either rewatching the show or just rewatching clips again, and it just like clicked. Um, it's an episode where Jenny is trying to go on a date with another boy with a boy, um, and the boy is a little uh nervous about how she appears to him to him 
And so what does she do? She she goes and says, "Okay, I'm going to be even more girly. I'm going to start wearing I, I'm going to start wearing a cap. I'm going to start wearing uh, all these different uh, clothes. I'm going to put on a T-shirt that literally says the world word girl on it. And so like <laughs> she, she dresses herself up um, to be even more like, please see me as just uh, a regular teenage girl. Um, and it's just like. I feel like that speaks volumes of it, it um the creator uh rob said on twitter a while back that it wasn't intentional but he like it was it's so abundantly clear you know um that the themes are there yeah the theme yeah exactly um greatest coincidence ever <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's why it's also so topical nowadays is that of um this this show um because it really is just about um a kid who just wants to be seen as who they really are and that's it it's there's all the superhero fighting all the um uh the aliens the monsters and whatnot that's all just the spectacle and the uh the fun with that it's core it's really about jenny just trying to fit in and just trying to be who she truly is Which also kind of relates to me with the autism spectrum and how some people with special needs, including autism, view Jenny. I I think like some people on the autism spectrum view Jenny somewhat on the same way as like trying to fit in. In fact, I think because of jenny's color blue you know we associate you know some of the autistics like myself associate the color blue with some of the favorite characters that we enjoyed watching like blue from blue's clothes or in this case jenny so it's like the autism spectrum kind of relates to jenny in a way or sheldon you know it could be either or with either character of like trying to fit in and impressing others you know in that kind of struggle with how to do that and yet still be ourselves the point being um that just the show in general appeals to such a variety of people with a variety of needs and a variety of feelings um and i think that's i think that's probably the reason why it's been prolonging uh, for as long as it has been and why we are still very dedicated to um, making, making this happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, it's not only just about like trying to make things, make it, make the a comeback happen or something like that. It's just, it's just also just about bringing attention to it, you know, mm-hmm. just from, um, even if even if it all falls apart the next day, it's like remember this show at least. You know, it's it's um, it's touched a lot of people. It's pushed a lot of people into animation. I I wouldn't be here without um, if I if if I had not worked on this project or done anything of the sort with Teenage Robot, I would still be making little live um, combinations of live action short films and Lego stop motion videos on like some backwater part of YouTube. <laughs> and... I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have start, I wouldn't have bought a tablet and, that I draw on for digital art and whatnot. Cause I did that for to try animation on. 
Um, I wouldn't have start tried storyboarding. I wouldn't have tried music composing or sound design or anything like that. I would have just like been animating little Lego whatevers for years on end. And so this is like, it's it's an inspire it's it inspires you to branch out and try different things in that regard. And just do I'm it. Very, I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> just make things, all right? Just follow your passions, okay? Uh, yeah. Follow your passions right now, or else. Right now. <laughs> uh, I think everybody kind of summed it up a bit. Like, you know, almost everybody here has some connection to it, which I think is why, again, like, as uh, I think Sebastian was saying, right, that uh, it's the reason why everybody's so connected to this is that, like, you know, it's like everybody gets to put a piece of themselves into this puzzle. Like every single, like, uh, like, again, everything is like, you know, it's handcrafted. It's made with, a, you know, detail that only one person could bring to it, you know? So it really is reflective of everyone. Like, it's not just one person's vision. It's not just Nathan going, I want to do robots fighting. Ah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not just that. It's not like, uh, okay, let's have cool action or like, let's be super dramatic and be all about Jenny. It, it's everything and that's really what we're trying to capture as a whole with this project is just again making something that will connect to people as much as the original show connected to us yeah and i think that i've uh, hearing everybody's story about how they got into the show or why the show is very special to them you guys brought up some things that I would have never thought of, like the interpretations about how the characters are portrayed or the way that art and storytelling and music can inspire creativity. I mean, usually that kind of stuff is great, but many people don't really bring it up. They just say, oh, this is something that really means to me from my childhood or uh, I was um, you know, going through this thing growing up and this show actually helped me in a dark place or it was able able to entertain me you know whenever I run home after school but the fact that you were able to bring up some unique and some profoundly interesting ways on how this show is able to influence you into going above and beyond what I've ever seen of any fan of any show do I have to say that that's just absolutely fantastic and I just want to say you guys just nailed pretty hard on why this show means a lot to a lot of people so I just want to say thank you all so much for coming into this podcast and sharing your love for the show and sharing your project and everything else. So I really do appreciate it. Thank, thank you for inviting us. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for both yeah. inviting us and then um, putting up with my inconsistent uh, response messages. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I apologize. I'm, I'm awful on that. Any, yeah. <laughs> I no, also you, you have for any inconsistencies that were going on in my end. Uh, you you have no you have no reason to apologize. You guys are you're fine. Don't worry about it. I'm just sorry for being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> stupid Pika, you're not stupid. Yeah. So Wonderful. um, you, why Wonderful. don't you guys? I know that you guys have been spending the majority of the time just plugging and promoting the project, but where can people find you guys at? Oh yeah, that's good. Good. That's a Nathan's nowhere. He's a ghost. Uh... <laughs> uh, I guess if I, can, if I get further uh, enough away from the camera, it'll it'll like blur my face. <laughs> uh, stop! Just stop. I guess okay, if just... we're uh, 
promoting social media, you can find me on Twitter at Pika underscore Chaz. Yep. Uh, I'm on DeviantArt, uh, Tumblr, Newgrounds, Pixiv, um, um, as well as uh, I also make music, like Plunder Phonics, like music uh, under Simmer Tunes um, on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Uh, if and I'm, you know. Art-wise, you know, I'm known as Nico Tunes. That's Tunes with a Z at the end. Um, you know, you can find me there on Twitter um, under that as well. Um, yeah, pretty much where I'm at. Um, I, I might have a problem. Uh, I don't think you can find me. <laughs> no way. <laughs> James, uh, uh, James is, the, is the phantom here. Yeah. You can find me, but at a price. <laughs> y'all, y'all have like websites. Like, you have come to on look now. for me, you know? I don't know. Treasure hunt. Website. So y'all can find me on Instagram primarily um, as the Raptor Lad. Uh, I, mo- I post mostly paleo art there, but occasionally I will um, do, uh, you know, Teenage Robot. Uh, or just, you know, fandom stuff in general. Um, I'm also on Twitter as this really weird uh, automatic name that Twitter gave me because I didn't understand how Twitter worked. Um, Sebastian BRT1. It's weird. (laughs) Um, So those are my two primary uh, sources of contact and just contact content. I'm also on Discord as just the Raptor Lad. So you come chat with me. Friend friend me too. I friend everyone. <laughs> I'm also true. on YouTube as well. Truth, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm also on YouTube as well under Nico Tunes as well. Like Nico yeah. Tunes archives for some reason. Like this was before the whole YouTube co- clash of 20. 20- Late 2019, early 2020, somewhat. Is, uh, so is that, that uh, archives with a Z, uh, like at the end of it? Yeah, archives. Okay. Oh my goodness! Uh, you can find me on Twitter.com/slash uh, committing crimes. I am a freelance oh. screenwriter who is. Ex- <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you you will find posts of uh, nothing of value, mostly um, people who work. Uh, that I know uh, either from my own projects or in general, like retweeting their incredible art, like storyboards or animation or backgrounds and all that. Um, I, I barely t- tend to like say anything crazy on it. I have a picture of my dog is my profile picture. Um, it's pretty cool. You should check it out. Uh, I'm a freelance screenwriter. Um, if you ever are looking for anything like that, you know, hit me up maybe. That'd be pretty cool. I rarely use social media anymore. I do, I do have a Twitter. I if you want to follow it, then go right ahead. But there's not much going on there anymore. I don't even remember what the Twitter handle is. But if you're following the project, you can probably find it. What about you, Jack? Where can we find you? Jack. Oh, um, yeah, Jackie uh, boy. Follow Teenage Robot Rebooted on um, YouTube <laughs> and on Twitter. 
<laughs> and also make sure to subscribe to Fanbase. Yeah. Join the Discord at your own. Yeah, join the Discord. Join the yeah. My Life's Tangent Robot Fanbase Discord. Think about I it. Own risk. I expect to see you in the Welcome list, channel yeah. afterwards. I agree. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. And now um, I'm going to plug myself. Uh, yeah, Madman2072 everywhere. Okay. Even on Twitter. Madmoose 2072. Yep. I'm for dogs. And uh, Miguel, do you have any um, social media places to yeah. uh, share? You can find me in our station and YouTube as Miguel Antonio Calvo. Or in Twitter, you can find me as 32 Atom 23 or Atomic. Tom okay. Adam 23. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and as, and go ahead. Uh, you can find me pretty much anywhere, either under NateZilla10,000. I've made that username when I was like in sixth grade. Um, or, um, it's Nate... no shame of that, really. <laughs> um, or um, or uh, under uh, NateZilla, uh, NateZillaArt, um, kind of a shortening of it. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I don't know. All right. All right. About it. And all right. And as for me, uh, you can check out my work, which is uh, at oldschoollane.net. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash oldschoollane. Uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash oldschoollane. I've been going on and off on Twitter, but if you do want to follow me there, it's at Patty underscore B underscore Miranda. If you follow me on Macedon, it's at Patricia Miranda. Uh, follow me on Instagram as well, which is uh, Instagram.com slash Old School Lame. Uh, you can check out the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, all those places. New episodes of the podcast will go there first, and then they'll go up in a few days on YouTube. I just want to give you guys a major congratulations for a couple of reasons. One, for your upcoming project. Uh, two for the celebration of my life as a teenage robot and three i have been doing this podcast for over 10 years and for the longest time my longest podcast was one that i did several <laughs> years ago talking about the power rangers franchise which was almost about like two hours and 55 minutes long you guys shattered it this is oh, now no. this no. is now oh, the longest podcast i have ever done oh my talking goodness. in at over three hours long oh I my goodness i am so sorry oh sorry go ahead no no, no i just want to say no this has been great i mean just talking to you guys about all of this has been fantastic but yeah, I, I just want to say, again, thank you for coming on to the show. This has been an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. It's been really fun here, I think, mm. for everybody. Uh, we've, you've, we've really had a really uh, a blast here. And also, um, be glad that nobody brought up uh, Godzilla, because otherwise this podcast oh, would have gone on for another end hour. It now, end it now, uh, end it now, end it now. All right, well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I've never done a Godzilla podcast, but if I ever do, okay. I'll call you guys for it. Hey, next year, next year's the 70, 70th anniversary of Godzilla's next year. Okay, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it next year. Let's do it. Nathan and myself. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, thank you guys so much for tuning in, everyone. Let us know in the comments below about your thoughts on my life as a teenage robot or your favorite episodes, favorite characters, favorite moments. Uh, let us know about how it inspired you or influenced you. Uh, let us know about your thoughts about the upcoming project of my life as a teenage robot rebooted. So that's it. Hope to see you around soon and take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.